Thank you for complimenting the microphones. Um, we did some. You had zero to do. With <laughs> oh wait, wait, wait! We did some research on it. You know, there's no we. <laughs> but no, hey, um, finally, after what two years, we got you on, John. Yeah, I'm really excited. Thanks for coming. Oh, are we? Do are we on yeah. right now? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Give me another beer. Yeah, yeah, man. Well, you know, I've been I've been ghosting you, bro. I, I I'm scared to go on. Raul and Tony's podcast. I'm afraid of the demons that might fly out. Um, let me let me stop you right there. Um, Tony gets really irritated when my name is put in front of his oh. name <laughs> in, in any life situation. That's such a diva move. Okay, <laughs> sorry, Tony. Alphabetically speaking and alpha speaking, I always come before Raul. Okay. Somebody said that the other day. He goes, first off, fuck you. And he does like they're like what what you like you said his you said a little you said she's name first or whatever and he was like she's like. Oh, sorry, I didn't know. But it's, technically, I've known Raul longer, so I think that's what it is. Just from this standpoint, it, this it just mine. rolls better, right? Raul and Tony. No, Tony and Raul doesn't sound as good. But you don't. You're not like a power top kind of guy, so I don't see that happening. So no. you think I'm getting fucked? Well, in he, he's more of the top, I think. You know, if this was uh, a relationship, <laughs> and on that front too, I always tell people if I was gay, I could do better than that. Yeah, I think you could too. What the fuck, man? I'm just saying, man. I mean, you're a brilliant mind. No, he's not. <laughs> what is his good qualities, Twitch? Name good, quali- good loyalty. quality. Loyalty. Loyalty. I will say that about Raul. Look, when my mom died and my dad died, he I think he's my only friend that showed up to both funerals. So that's always something that will stick with me. You can really tell who the good people are when your cards are down and they show up for you. And, you know, even through the times when I was, uh, you know, out of work here in Memphis and uh, you know, probably at some of the lowest times in my life, you were always there. So, Thank I, you. I love you. Can I, I tell a story? One time, my power was out, and I said, "Hey, Ralph, can I stay at your house?" He's like, "Go home." <laughs> so <laughs> loyalty, though. So look, I was really draw. I was really coked Make out. Excuses. No, I was being serious. I'm not making excuses. I shouldn't have not said that, but. I appreciate that. Did I drive you to Nashville and then drive back the same day? Oh, I never. I will never say that you're not a good friend. You're 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 like on the top of the list on that post I made. You know, your name is first, my friend. Well, you try to keep him between the mustard and mayonnaise, and that's what I appreciate about. Oh, you. Oh yeah, I mean, yeah. If, seriously, if, if it wasn't for you know, we are, I think I've said this a couple of times on here, but like, if it wasn't for Tony, like, I'd probably be like on Six Hundred Pound Life on TLC. You think so? Really? Yeah. Were yeah, you getting that I do that with a three fifty less like last where a year and a half ago. That's crazy how your weight has fluctuated so much over the years. Well, it what's even fucking more crazy is right now I'm two thirty five. Yeah. I like you right now where you're at. Where I think I, you look really good right now. So if I we were gay, would you choose me or no? Hell you do no. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's like like when we went to Miami for my birthday party, you know, birthday to celebrate my birthday, I was two hundred pounds. Came back I got up to 244 and then, you know, I started working back out and stuff like that. But it's just because I don't know what it is. It's like I just will stop, won't stop eating shit or work out. You know, I but just, you're a vegetarian. That's what. How much cheese are you eating, bro? I guess a lot. I guess I don't know what it is. Is it I, pizza? Maybe. But I don't I mean, the pizza I eat. So you. so I've, I've actually kept track of it lately. Like it's usually all the candy bars. Oh, and shit like that. Okay. So like a bag of chips and a Mountain Dew or a Coke, you know, at this stop, bullshitting with the account. Then I'll do a candy bar at another stop with the next account. Yeah. And this is all in the same day. Well, right? candy bars will add up. Well, you know, like, Those so it's calories. like, it's probably like 
two, three thousand, two twenty five hundred calories right there just on junk all day. You know what I'm saying? Because they'll give me shit, you know, talk to me and want to bullshit, you know. Oh, yeah, here's a drink, you know, whatever. And, but now I'm like, oh, I can't, I can't, I can't. They're like, okay, why? You trying to lose weight again or something? I'm like, oh, yeah, that and I have my Invisalign in, so. Maybe they're trying to fatten you up like Hansel and Gretel. <laughs> <laughs> one day one of my accounts was like, why do you look so tired? I was like, it's 8 o'clock in the morning. I just got, I mean, I've been up for like two or three hours only. Like, what you are you just talking about? You should in 2003 <laughs> at 8 o'clock in the morning. <laughs> God, man. But no, like, um, what were we talking about? Your mentality. Why do you go back? Oh, yeah. I don't know. But now I'm back, you know, I'm, I'm doing like what Tony does now. You can still go out and drink and, you know, have fun and do what you want to do. But, I mean, he's got like beans and meat in the fucking fridge right now for his, you know, meal and lunch, whatever he eats. He'll eat that pot. That That's everything he eats all day, right? Yeah. Like, I've, I've really now I'm just trying to focus on my diet, man, because like not leaving the house like before when I was going out to work, you know, you're moving around a bunch. When you're not moving around a bunch, the weight just starts coming on. It starts creeping up on yeah. you. So it's like you got to be conscious of it. And the older we get, the harder it is to lose weight. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, uh, so wait. Oh, yeah, because you're walking to your different people's things to fix it. Especially when I was shit, working right? at the IRS, that was a big, a big facility, man. So I would walk a bunch. I probably did easily 10,000 steps a day when you I was didn't, working there. You didn't ride the little Austin Powers vehicle? Sometimes <laughs> I would. But, but no, uh, like, oh, sorry. But yeah, like even at Sarah Camp, I mean, uh, at uh, Dealer Track, it was a smaller building. So I didn't walk nearly as much. And like I said, you start, it's like with age and just not moving enough. So it's like, I know I need to stop it now before mm-hmm. it gets out of control. So when I do watch, when I do wear my watch, like I got a, a Fitbit, something that my friend Kelly gave us, gave me, I mean, and I also have an Apple watch I'm going to actually set up this weekend, and, but it's always like 11,000, 12,000 steps just, just for my daily, what I do at work. That's you awesome. Know? At least you get some activity. But as I'm saying, like, if I didn't have that job, then, I, you know, where am I going to get that, acti- that, that activity from? Dude, I look down at mine sometimes and it's like, it's like it is right now. You know, it's just like a, maybe an eighth way. Oh, for your goals for the, for the day. I'm yeah. like, oh my god, I'm so lazy. But then you know, when you have kids, like the kids, they zap you of your energy, and then you have to like kind of hang out with them and do what they want to do. Like you can't go for a run with them, you know. So you're oh, stuck. Yeah. It's, but it's like you know, with and you, you and your kids, like I don't know how you guys do it. Because, like, I don't know how people with... I don't know how Sarah does it when you talk about <laughs> Because, like, sometimes we'll go out. Like, you know, we'll all go out and then the ba- you, 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 guys would, you guys would go home and, the, you know, relieve the babysitter and, you know, get pay her and stuff. And then when y'all wake up in the next morning, your kids are wide awake making noise and shit. And, oh, yeah. You know, it's like, I was like, man, fuck that. Dude, they don't rest. They just go. They go hard every day. It's like one of your punishments was you had to build the swing set by yourself. Oh, that was the worst. I was like, should I go help this guy? What was that? What would happen the night before? I'm not really I think, sure. Was it JJ's funeral when JJ Spencer passed away? I think maybe that was it. And was then it? we, or maybe it was when, when one of Sarah's friends were in town and I had to wake up the next day and she knew we were out late. We were, we got home at like four or five o'clock. Yeah. And then she was like, she didn't say a word to me about being up so late, but then she was like, Hey, uh, you got to go build that swing set today. And I was like, oh, my God. It's so hot. It was like 110 degrees outside. Yeah, I was like, man, and poor you, dude. You I- know when you're that hungover and you can't, like, think right? And I was sitting out there going, this is the most, this is my idea of hell right here. 100%. I can agree with that because one day we went to the tea club on a Sunday night and we didn't leave there to, like, 
one-ish, you know, like maybe one thirty. got home, got on my bed for sleep at like two. And I had to be on, on my route rolling. The car had to be rolling by six, you know, that's what they like. And the car didn't start rolling until like 6.45. And I'm at my first stop. I'm just looking around. And the lights are so bright, which is really nice. It's probably like this normal. And, you know, I'm like, oh, my God, what the fuck? <laughs> like, it took me like till about 11 to get back to like normal. I was like, man, I can't be going out like on that. I can go out during Sunday day, but not not like late night like that. Yeah, it hits different when you're 40. Yeah, me being 42, you know, it definitely. Yeah. Like, when we came back from Miami, it took me a while to recover from, you know, that. I mean, not not just, like, from alcohol, but, like, just like getting back to the swinger things. Like, you know, I'm slow as fuck when I come back. And, then like, it's, like, 4 o'clock, and I still got four stops to go. I'm like, yeah. what the fuck? Yeah. Man? Like, I don't know. <laughs> Yo, the sign is real simple, B. It says, wrap it up. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I got to say about that. But no, so let's talk Ruby Red Media. What made you decide to go to school for this? Well, um, you know, I was here in Memphis from 2002 to 2006 uh, at uh, 93X, the radio station. And before that, I'd been in radio for quite some time and uh, went on from here and wound up in Indiana. I was there for 12 years. Uh, doing a morning show there last and you know i don't i mean you can kind of see the writing on the wall like you can start to feel your listenership go away because there's so many things going on you know there's so many different attention grabbing things like this podcast uh you know this is taking a, a good amount of listeners that a radio station would have away because the time spent listening now is people listening to this podcast or whatever podcast they're into whatever niche and you can kind of feel it going from, oh, there's a lot of people listening to, I don't know how many people are listening. So I started trying to incorporate video because I knew people were on social media. And I know if I could stay in their eye and they knew that I was there, maybe they would still tune in to what we were doing on the morning show because we were doing a really good morning show. I was so proud of our morning show there in Fort Wayne, Indiana. We kicked ass, man. We were doing great. And like if it was 10 years before, I think people would have taken notice but there was just so little listenership at that point that I don't think anybody cared anymore, you know? So it was really frustrating getting up at three o'clock in the morning, every morning, you know, and pouring my heart and soul into this morning show. And I felt absolutely no one <laughs> listened to it, you know, it, even though that was probably a lot in my head. I'm sure there were people out there listening to it, but it just wasn't what I was used to throughout the years. Like being here on 93 X, geez, we walked around like, or I walked around like I was the second coming of Elvis back then. I was with you there because I was, you know, on your coattails. Do you know who I am? <laughs> we'll talk get into that. In Do a you bit. know who I am? But like, so I never listened to the radio unless, well, when I have an old phone, that's the only time I had to connect to my, it wouldn't connect to the Bluetooth, you know? Yeah. So I listen to the radio. But like, I guess people are still listening to the radio because there's morning hosts. You know, afternoon hosts and evening well, hosts. Well, they do. But like, and there's a bunch of money being dumped into it. Maybe just not as much as before. I don't know, man. Um, I, I mean, I think it's a convenience thing when people go to their car. It, sometimes they don't want to hook up their Bluetooth. So they just listen to whatever's on the radio. That's what I find myself doing a lot. If I'm just too lazy to put on what I want to listen to, there's a the radio. And there's a couple, you know, places here that are doing it really well. And they still have local talent, including Cumulus Media, which who I work for right now. Um, they have a lot of local talent, but in other markets, man, there's, it's all piped in. Like nobody's there anymore. 
And oh, so no one's physically in that city. Yeah, as you're listening. No. Oh man, oh. I, I think the the iHeart Studios here. There's nobody. They got rid of Devin Steele, and that was it. Wow. In fact, they were they screwed up so bad over there at iHeart. This is a funny story too. I probably shouldn't be telling the story, but they screwed up so bad that they didn't realize that he had all the jobs and all the hats that he had there when they fired him. <laughs> the, the station just went off the air because he was the one loading all the music. He was the only person there. Oh, so he was doing everything. Yeah, it's crazy, man. You know, like uh, 107.5, they have that syndicated show on the mornings, uh, Rick D's. Uh-huh. I thought he was here this whole time. Oh, no. I was like... No, he's been in L.A. for years. Yeah, and I was like, wait a minute, this name sounds... And I Googled it, you know, like... yeah. There's no live night show hosts anymore. Like back in, that's where I cut my teeth. You know, I, I started nights and uh, that's where you could kind of get crazy and wild on the radio, but there's no more night DJs anymore. Who were some of your influences growing up? Uh, let's see here. Uh, probably uh, Fletch is a good one. <laughs> and we actually wound up becoming friends later on in life, which is pretty interesting. But he was uh, the afternoon guy at 101X in Austin, Texas that I used to listen to all the time growing up. And he was just this wild man on the radio, and he had so much fun. Like, you could tell, like, he was just getting laid all the time. And I was like, I want to be that guy. I want to be that cool guy. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, no, he was definitely somebody I listened to in the beginning. And uh, all those guys on 101X back there uh, were definitely influences. Howard Stern, uh, of course. And then you saw things just kind of bust loose here in the last couple of years with Joe Rogan and the evolution of Howard Stern and how he's doing his thing now. And it's a completely different show than what it was 20 years ago. I think it's so much more engaging than what it was 20 years ago. What is the difference right now with Howard Stern? I mean, it's, he still does the, you know, the crude stuff, but it's very minimal. Um, and it's a lot of inner banter and it's a lot of really good interviews. He's like one of the best interviews I've ever heard in my life. Have you ever heard him interview anyone? I used to watch it like on, I think whatever it was on. On E? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that was like the old Howard Stern. The new Howard Stern, like, he's like this huge, like, I'm going to get into your mind and let me ask you all the wonderful questions that nobody asks. And he really does a good job at it. It's fun to listen to. Do you think his viewership or listenership is still about the same? Or do you uh, think it's the XM's still paying him a hell of a lot of money. Yeah. I mean, geez, they were paying him $150 million a year, I think, last year. And I think this year he just signed another contract. And now he's down to... Probably a hundred million, but he's only having to work, I think, two days a week. Oh wow. Like thirty weeks out of the year. Then he work from home too. <laughs> and he works from home. So he's got it made. And now is Robin and them still on these team? Yeah. Like, uh, yeah they got, is they, Fred they got, still there? Uh Fred's still there. Yeah, no, Fred's still there. They got Robin. Uh and they all broadcast I think Robin broadcasts from her home as well. And then they have Fred that is there in the studio and he does all the drops. And then they have a team. Of people around God, they probably have 20 people on that team. Wow. That's why it's, it's fun to listen to, man. They do it like, like old school. So if you didn't know, they like, you know, they're not there in the studio. If you didn't know, you did, you just assumed they were there. Well, I mean, yeah. Or can you tell? The thing, well, I mean, I, I did that for a living for so long that I could tell when people are in the same room, you could just tell it's just not the same, you know, they're reacting off of voices and not hand signals or, you know, other cues. I mean, it's just like when we do a zoom call, or somebody being in the room. Yeah. Yeah. It, it is, just it's, isn't the same. You know, I like, I like interviews when they're one-on-one better. It's more intimate with nobody else. Yes. I can look <laughs> deeply into your eyes. <laughs> I can look, I can look deeply into your Invisalign. <laughs> yeah. Oh, who talking are, about that. Oh, who sorry. are some of the people that you've got to interview that are like high on your list? Oh, geez. 
Uh, Jared Little was probably the funniest one. Um, <laughs> I beat him with a purple dildo. <laughs> Tell us. Uh, Jared Leto, of course, uh, 30 Seconds to Mars was the band that he was in, the rock band that everybody would know. But back when he opened up for Incubus in 2002, nobody knew who the hell he was. Like, I didn't know who the hell he was. I didn't know who 30 Seconds to Mars was. Well, the record rep came up to us, and we're on the stage truck there outside of the show. And he goes, hey, man, do you want to interview Jared Leto from 30 Seconds to Mars? And I go, who's that? Uh, he goes, it's the lead singer. But hey, listen, this is the deal. No questions about Hollywood. No questions about Cameron Diaz. And I'm like, what? What is he? Some kind of Hollywood superstar? You didn't know him from Fight Club? No, I had no. Well, I don't think had Fight Club come out. That yeah, point? that was like in the early nineties. Yeah, 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 well, yeah, 90s, yeah, yeah. Well, so anyways, the guy comes up, and if you tell me at that point in my career to not talk about something, yeah. the very first thing I'm going to do is talk about it. So he comes on the stage truck, and I'm so I was, I was like, so what's the deal with 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 Cameron Diaz? Are you boning Cameron Diaz? Because if I was boning Cameron Diaz, I'd be talking about boning Cameron Diaz. And he's like, I don't really want to talk about that. And I was like, well, what? We, they said no questions about Hollywood too. What are you, some kind of superstar Hollywood star? <laughs> And, you know, I'm looking over on the stage truck and the girls, because he was in like my so-called life back then on MTV. Mm-hmm. You just saw their jaws hit the floor. They're like, what the hell is Twitch doing over there? Why is he talking to this man? Like they're like shrieking inside. And I was like, you know what, dude, you're a bad interview. And we had this big 12 inch purple dildo on the show because, you know, this is back in the Howard Stern raunchy days and this yeah. is a big, bad rock station. And they wanted me to be a big, bad rock DJ. So we had this. Big giant dildo that vibrated, and when when we talk about it, of course we had like a vibrate button, so you could hear it on the radio. And so I told Jared Little, I was like, "You're a bad interview." I was like, "Say you're sorry to the womb broom." And he's like, "I'm not touching that thing." I was like, "You're a bad interview." Boom, boom! And I started beating this guy on the head with this giant purple phallus. The guy goes, "He's like, I'm out of here." Throws throws off his headphones and he walks off the stage truck. And I go, ladies and gentlemen, Jared Leto from 30 Seconds to Mars, whoever the hell he is. Was this live? <laughs> this is live. So I get off the I get off the air and the the my promo girls come to me and they go, Oh my God, Twitch, do you know who that is? And I was like, No, I don't know who that is. That's the whole point. <laughs> and they were like, watch uh what is that movie that he's in where he's a heroin addict? Oh my god, it's such a crazy movie. Oh, is that the one with Marlon Wayans? Yeah, Marlon Wayans and the other girl, Jennifer. Uh, I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah, I can't remember the name of that movie. So anyways, they were like, Twitch, go watch that movie. And I was like, okay. So I went home and I watched the movie and I was like, oh, fuck. I screwed up bad. This guy's like a great actor. <laughs> and I was treating him like he was a punk. And now he's an Oscar winner. Yeah, and now he's, and, oh, yeah. And then to watch him go across in the Oscars. Oh, funny story about that. Is that it? Requiem of a Dream? Requiem for a Dream, yes. Great movie. Uh, one of the most, uh, Dahmer's a big thing right now on Netflix, right? Yeah. That's as disturbing as Dahmer. Mm. Very disturbing. I've never seen that movie. But funny story, uh, another story to go along with that story. So, Back in 2005, I'm here in a whole different city. This happened in Virginia Beach. I'm in Memphis. 30 Seconds to Mars is playing the 93X Fest or whatever the hell we were calling it back then. Guess who gets picked to interview Jared Leto of 30 Seconds to Mars? (laughs) (laughs) So I'm like, shit. I owe this guy an apology. It had been bugging me. You know, like I was like, dude, I was really a dickhead to that guy. And after I watched the movie, I realized what an idiot I was. So he comes into the stage 
and we're, you know, we're up on the scaffolding over there in Mississippi, like four stories up. And he comes on and I go, Hey man, I was like, I know you don't remember me, but I owe you a big apology. And he looked at me, he goes, I know exactly who the fuck you are. <laughs> there will not be another purple dildo this time. And I said, absolutely not. <laughs> we well, like, hey, man, you know, I'm sorry. I didn't know you were always moving. Uh, I didn't yeah. know you were somebody. Yeah, no. So we started the interview and I was like, well, I'm just going to give this guy a really good interview. Like, I'm just going to give him a straight up interview. And so I started off the interview and I was like, well, a funny story. The last time that we uh, were, were together, Jared Leto and myself, uh, we had an altercation of sorts. He goes, no, man, you hit me with a giant purple dildo. <laughs> well, that was right after Janet Jackson's titty incident. So oh, we weren't yeah. allowed to talk like that on the air. Oh, shit. So I'm like, oh, shit. And like, he, just said, he just said dildo on the air. We're going to go lose my fucking job. Uh, yeah, it was live. A funnier, funnier thing about that, too, he's a germaphobe, so he doesn't. He won't shake hands. Oh, really? One of my, one of my guys, one of my promo techs, for one, uh, whatever fucking reason, he took his bubble gum out of his mouth and put it on the back of the scaffolding. So when Jared Leto was leaving, he leaned back on the on the scaffolding, you know, because he's a cool guy. He leaned back, you know, so his hair could blow on the wind and put his hand right in this guy's gum. And he was like, what the fuck? <laughs> you you guys are over two with this guy. Over two. <laughs> he's probably like, no more radio interviews. But, you know, it's funny because I was like, man, this guy's been fucking half of Hollywood and he still remembers me hitting him with the dildo. So kind of. You know, he I was there. You. You're memorable. Yeah, yeah. Well, when he was fucking Scarlett Johansson, I was there. Oh, he was Scarlett Johansson too. Dude, he fu- dude, that guy's boned everybody in Hollywood. What has he been in lately? Because I mean, I know the actor. I just can't think. He just did that movie with uh, uh, Matthew McConaughey. Well, it's not recent, but that's one of the. What was it called? Um, the Dallas Buyers Club was yeah. the one he won the Oscar. Is that the for. AIDS one? Yeah, yeah, have, yeah. Well, he was a drag queen in that one. Yeah. And did, and did a really good job too. I mean, he's a hell of an actor. Like I, I still to this day. I mean, I I'll tell the story, but it's not what I'm proud of. He's the one that when in during the pandemic he was like out in the wilderness somewhere and he didn't know the pandemic was going on because he was so detached from everything. He's a bit. He's a bit eccentric. Yeah, he's a. Uh, he's an interesting. I'm glad guy. I beat him with a fucking dildo, though. You know, that's a great story. Yeah. I mean, he he never forgot. It. I bet he still remembers that. I'm sure he does. Yeah, you know, you <laughs> just sending him an Instagram message. You just sending him Instagram. Hey, man, remember me? I'm the guy with yeah. the <laughs> response. That's all. I'll be, that's like my claim to fame in life. This Hollywood actor reminds me, remembers me for hitting him with a dildo. That's a sad existence. So how'd you come up with Twitch? Let's go to better things. Uh, you know, it really wasn't my call. I didn't want to be called Twitch. Uh, they, uh, the, the radio station I went to, so I started in Little Rock, Arkansas at a radio station there. And we took this radio station from last to first in nights. So we were kicking ass and taking names. There was a, a guy by the name of Bobby Bones that was at KLAZ uh, in Hot Springs at the same time I was working nights. He was working nights there. Well, I got the job offer to go to Virginia Beach, which was a much bigger market. It's a bigger market than even Memphis to do their night show there. And they tried to get Bobby to come on to my old slot there at that station. Well, instead of taking that job, Bobby wound up taking the job with Q100, which was the clear channel station, which shot him off into the astronomical fame that he has now, which is pretty interesting. That's how close you can be to making a right call or a bad call mm. in the world of radio and in, in showbiz. Like if he would have taken my gig, which was probably a better gig at the time because it was the alternative station and alternative was really, really hot then. 
if he would have went for that instead of the top 40 format, he probably would not be the Bobby Bones that you hear today. Wow. Because he would have never gotten discovered, you know? But he was just at the right place at the right time. And he's a hell of a worker. And he does a great show, too. Very, very good morning talent. So you never tell us how you got Twitch. Oh, yeah. So anyway, so I got that. Uh, I got the, the job offer uh, in Virginia Beach. And they were like, well, dude, we love what you do, but we don't like your name. We don't like John. And I was like, you know, oh, you're just going to buy regular John. Yeah. I was like, yeah. So I was like, what are you going to call me? And they said, well, this here's a list of 100 names that our consultant came up with. <laughs> What would you like to be? And I was like, all these suck. <laughs> like, I don't want to be any of these. Do you remember what I knew it were? No, uh, oh, God. It was it was every, like, douchebag 2000s name you could possibly. Sarge. <laughs> uh, Fletch. Uh, other guys that are popular. Uh, there was one that was like, I think Barry Thick was on there, which we had a guy yeah. that was Barry Thick that is really good friends of ours that was in radio. Um, and yeah, I, this is what I told him. I was like, look, if you're going to name me some gay-ass radio name, we could say gay back then without having to be politically correct my apologies to anybody who's gay out there um it just means happy yeah yeah if you're gonna name me some <laughs> idiot freaking radio name i want to be called monostat seven <laughs> it took me a second <laughs> because they just came out with monostat three at the time i was like fuck that three-day itch i want to be the seven-day itch yeah <laughs> and you can call me stat or you can call me seven and they didn't think that was very funny <laughs> So they said, okay, well, pick your five favorite. And I picked my five favorite off this god-awful list. And Twitch happened to be like the third or fourth. <laughs> so they said, okay, Twitch it is. And then that was the start of Twitch. And here I am. 23 years later, I'm still called Twitch. Or people call me Twitch. Well, I mean, you know, every time I, when you first moved back, I was, I, I was so used to saying Twitch, you know? Yeah. Now, now I see myself usually calling you John, usually sometimes. When well, it was, and the funny thing is, it was John the Mexican for oh, the last yeah. for the last twelve years that I was in Fort Wayne, Indiana, they called me John the Mexican, which was funny because in two thousand nine that was a great name. But as everything became more politically charged and politically correct, all of a sudden it wasn't the good name to have anymore. You're Mexican though. I know, but people thought it was very racist because, because I guess well, I guess because I look a little like I look more Caucasian more white, than you know. I do Mexican. But screw you, man! My 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 family is from Mexico. Like I'm sorry, you have in your head uh, an image of what a Mexican's supposed to look like. Fuck you! We're not all five foot one and brown. Okay, <laughs> we don't have those long pointy shoes. Some of us are six foot three and have a medium sized cock. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> thank you. Talking about that. So the other day I was in one of my accounts and His cock. Yeah, <laughs> he was talking about being racist. Talking about racist. So I was like talking to the big boss at uh, at my company. I was like, "Hey man, can you set this discount up in this account so I can send the, the whatever product it was?" He's like, "Yeah, yeah." He's like, "I was like, you know how these Indians are, man. Like they, you know, they don't, they won't, they don't give a nickel." And he was like, she starts laughing, and the little lady that's next to me, she's in, I'm Indian too, right? Yeah. And she goes, "What'd you say?" I was like. What? Yeah. Like, we're she, Indian. She didn't like, think that was funny. No, and he was and he, he's dying laughing on the phone. He has to hang up how much he's laughing. Yeah. And I was like, oh fuck. And I was You're like, about to be canceled. And I go, you do know I'm Indian, right? And she goes, What? I was like, and I started speaking Gujarati to her, and she uh, was like, Oh, okay, okay, okay. Uh, I was like, you know, you look just like my mom. She was about to cancel your ass, bitch. <laughs> big time. Big time. She, they, they all think I'm Mexican. She was about to make a uh, call to Budweiser and be like, look, <laughs> yeah. you're racist. Mexican driver. <laughs> they think you're Mexican instead of Indian. Dude, so many. I don't know why. Do I look Mexican? Okay, wait. If I was in, say. Well, your name's Rahul, so yeah. Right. If I was in, in, in Austin, 
And do you think what people think I'm Mexican? Or do you think I... No, I think people would think you're Mexican. Yeah. Probably. A lot of people think you're Mexican. Well, and your name's Raul, too. I mean, that's kind of a Mexican name. Yeah. Take out the H. I told you we had the 23 and me, man. We can find out if you were switched at birth. You're so dumb. He looks like his brothers, though. He does look like his I mean, brothers. Maybe, maybe his mama liked the pool boy. <laughs> I mean, Tim, Tim, what you doing here? Tim. You know, it's so weird. Is you know, I really didn't get to the chance to know Raul's brother until I moved back here oh, who cares? a couple years Next. ago. No, and he's actually like really cool. He's like he's a, ni- he's a nice guy and he's normal. I'm like, yeah. what, what the happened? fuck happened to you? They're doctors. Yeah. What so, happened to you? Did you get dropped on your head? Just tell us the truth. <laughs> I don't know. Um, I think I learned how to manipulate my mom. Like, not saying it's a good thing, but like that way. You were the baby. I was, yeah, exactly. So I wasn't pushed the it way. took care of you. I wasn't pushed as hard, you know, for school. Well, no, the school thing. I mean, I, I had to go to tutors, like after school every day, you know, even on summer break and stuff. Because they were like, you're not going to be fucking sitting around my house. Well, I probably could because she wants me back. But she's like. You need to become, you need to go to college, you need to get a degree, you need to do something. You know, and this is even when I was doing bouncing and stuff, she would always talk about it. And then, God. I think this is because I was the baby. Yeah. Why do you think you're so smart then? You literally think you're like the smartest person in the room. I mean, in, one day he told me he had an IQ of like 160. <laughs> <laughs> I misspoke. I misspoke. I meant to say like 116. <laughs> like, what is, what is mental retardation? 70, I think. So, so I was like, okay. So, see. You better be careful, bro. Don't get canceled now. No, 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 no. I said, that's why I didn't say the, the one that starts with the R. Okay, gotcha. Um, so, 70 is like the base. I don't know. We can Google it. I mean, yeah. but I think it's. Pretty low. I mean, I would I'm say definitely. You're, oh, sorry. Go ahead. You're a a little bit above average intelligence. The fuck, man! I'm pretty <laughs> fucking smart. Like, not as no. You're not. You're I not think, doctor smart. I think if I applied myself, I would have been. Oh, I could have been the best doctor, probably. <laughs> <laughs> I could have fixed your chin for you. <laughs> okay, I probably say my IQ is probably like if we're gonna take like you know really realistically, I'm gonna say my IQ is probably like one one. 119, 120. Well, <laughs> yeah, I, it's funny. I dated a girl uh, that her dad. Are you, her, her, are you done laughing yet? <laughs> her dad Her dad was the dean of students at UAMS in, uh, in Little Rock. And he would always tell me, he'd be like, John, you've got to become a doctor. These dumbasses that are getting, uh, that are being a doctor don't have any business in medicine. Because they're just book smart, you know, like yeah. they were really good at learning the material, taking the test and getting the material out of their brain. So they're like really socially awkward. Yeah, and no. Stuff. He was like, he was like, dude, you have no idea how bad these kids are. <laughs> We're graduating, <laughs> and now the guy's like the one taking care of this shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We need to get you a thought. IQ test and a uh, autism test. I'm not doing no fucking autism test. Ain't nothing oh, wrong with and me. And the DNA test. I'll do the DNA test. I, I already just... have it here. Okay, we can do it. We will do it after the episode. No, you got to do it in the morning before you drink and eat. Oh, you can't even drink soda? I mean, water or anything? I don't think so. Mm. I was pretty surprised by mine. Uh, what, 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 are, what are all Well, yours? my mom had told me since I was a kid that our family was from Ireland. Mm. And it was very big deal for because I love my Mexican heritage so much that I she would send me like Irish food on St. Patrick's Day when I was in Fort Wayne to remind me of my Irish heritage. Well, then I take this damn test 
And it turns out I'm not Irish at all. I'm a Scottish. <laughs> so she had it wrong the whole hey, time. Hey, it's she close died, enough. <laughs> she, died, she died thinking she was Irish and she yeah. was Scottish. I've heard that shit has torn a lot of families apart. Man, Especially dude. Italian families. But they all think they're Italians. There's and so much be like cheating. Jews, Jewish well, dude, I'm telling you, mama, grandmamas back in the day used to get it on with all sorts of people. Mexicans. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, like uh, like uh, my, well, my wife's last name is Sarah Lapierre. And they thought that they were French Canadian. Well, there was some guy that was the head of the family that was French Canadian. But guess what? She ain't got no French or Canadian in her. So great grandma was seeing somebody on the side. That's like Brad. Brad thought for the longest time he was Italian. We're like, Brad, your last name is Wilson, man. That's really not how it works. <laughs> like the guy we had on the podcast yesterday, his name is John Levine. Uh-huh. So it ends with an I, you know? Like, yeah, it usually ends in an I if you're Italian. Uh, it's a, a the, vowel. I mean, that's what I mean. It's a vowel, sorry. And like, Wilson does not end in a vowel. And so I got him a test and 0% Italian. What is he? By the way, Brad is one of the most interesting human beings in the history of human beings. (laughs) I love him. He's British and like uh, some other shit. But forget, don't forget, he's British royalty. Oh, yeah. (laughs) So I tell him he's inbred. So like the whole time, he he was, when we first started becoming friends with him, the whole time, oh, yeah, I'm Italian, you know, but I speak some Italian. Fuck are you? (laughs) Some dumb shit like that, you know. Basta! You know, he didn't didn't know any Italian, but like, he was so confident. That's funny. He's like, this is dumb. I don't know why I'm taking this test. I know I'm Italian. Like, our whole family's Italian, and then, no, you're not, Brad. Wow. What a disappointment. That, that would be terrible, like, if I was John the Mexican and I took the DNA test and I found out I wasn't Mexican at all. <laughs> what a disappointment, man. And then a lot of people are getting caught for, like, sex crimes and murders from that shit, yeah, too. Yeah, yeah. So do they share the data? I mean, the, the what they collect from you, like, with the government? No, I, don't I know that's so. like Because I, I, I always see that on, like, Facebook and stuff, like... Oh, I'm not getting this because the government can track me. Bitch, the government's tracking you regardless whether you want to know that or not. Yeah. If they want to track you, they can search everything they want of yours. I mean, you were born with a serial number. <laughs> what the fuck do you think? you're gonna? They know everything about you if they really want What's to What's your... Oh, so social security, security number. Yeah, yeah, a serial yeah. number, man. So, yeah, I don't know. People are funny, man. Well, and because they, they're so like, I'm not going to take a DNA test, but I'm going to get on TikTok. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's fine. Yeah, the shit that they say that they take from you from TikTok and have access to your phone is pretty wild. Yeah, it is. Now, is it true? I don't know. So, what is the thing now? Like the Chinese, the Chinese, the government can access your bank and stuff through your TikTok. Because I don't know. I think pretty them? much when you sign up, you just—I mean, no one's going to read that terms of agreement. They're just going to click OK or yes or whatever it is. Yeah. So they could have any wordage in there. Well, you know, I have a bunch of clients that I'm working with now, and. They want to be on TikTok, but they don't want to be on TikTok. Like, I'm having to buy phones so I could have their account not attached to them, but still run ads on TikTok. So they're that paranoid about They're that paranoid. And this is like multiple people. Really? uh, Multiple clients that I'm working with that are like, "Mm, no, uh, yeah, of course, I want to advertise on it, but I don't want to be associated with it. I don't want want them to have access to my phone. It's pretty crazy. It's kind of like, I don't know why people are like that, because like, like I said, it's a second ago. They want something of yours. They're going to take it. Yeah. I, I, mean, I, dude, I just don't want anybody knowing what kind of porn I watch. <laughs> <laughs> dude, Sarah asks me all the time. She's like, what kind of porn do you watch? I'm like, hey, I'm not telling you. There's certain things a man has to keep to himself. Yeah. Pornography is one. I mean, has a, you ever watched porn with a girl before? Like they try to get. No. To watch it with them? You know, and I, I've always wanted to, I think. But I, I don't know. I, I, have you? Yeah. And it made me feel weird because I think they start 
comparing themselves to the girl oh, that's in the video. There's oh, so body image. judging themselves? Yeah. Well, <laughs> what about you judging yourself to those guys? Those guys are always hung like fucking <laughs> like, horses. Like, You're like, oh, sorry, baby. This is all I got. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know, man. I mean, I, I, I don't know. That would be kind of cool to do, I guess. It's funny that I haven't done that. You would think that that would have happened at some point. I'm have shy. Have you ever watched porn with before? So yes or no, man. I can't talk about that. <laughs> you can't talk about porn? I can't talk about who I watched with. Was it Tony? <laughs> yeah. To be honest, was there a circle jerk happening? Who'd you watch it's porn okay. with? It's fine. What? Oh. Who? Oh. Can't talk about that guy. Sorry. You can just say it's like a person, man. Like You, you don't have to say the time period. So what happens when you're watching porn with a girl? Is she like pleasure you while you're watching or yeah so that or was do a, you pleasure her so like I'm, 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 I'm watching it with we're watching it together like this is like the next morning and then like next thing you know she's just mimicking what they were doing and, and oh, yes yeah, so it it's was, like following and me. i've never done that before yeah and i was like i'm definitely gonna do this yeah Two girls one cup <laughs> yeah. Do you think that she was fantasizing about the dude and not no, you? No, this was is doing a complete different <laughs> She was definitely thinking she, I was the other guy more than likely. She's like, yeah. little dick, big dick, little dick. <laughs> did she pick the porn or did you pick the porn? I just went to Pornhub. Whose idea was it to watch porn together? Mine. And how do you translate that? Yeah, how do you do that? How are you like, hey, baby, uh, let's go from an intimate kiss to let me go ahead and put on some swank bait. No, I was just, we were just, I was there and I was looking at my phone because uh, everyone I was texting, you know, I had to see what everyone was talking about. And then she's just like rubbing on, she's just rubbing my, like, on my belly and stuff like this. And uh, I think, I'm going to turn it off and see what Well, happened. why would you need to watch porn when you're with a woman though? No, I didn't have to. I just wanted to. Hmm. I feel, I, I Cause like know. I said, the yeah. porn when I did with that girl, it wasn't my idea. I wasn't like, hey, let's watch porn together. She's like, let's see what kind of porn you're into. I just went to Pornhub and then you know the first couple of videos. I don't, I don't, I don't think I have a specific genre that I watch. Do you search? Most guys spend more time searching. Than now they do. I have like search. Sometimes I will be like like chubby, <laughs> something like that. Why is that so funny? Why would you search for something you could get in real life? In porn, a fantasy. I, I, it's so funny to me. I don't know. What are you into? I like big titties, big butt. <laughs> I thought you didn't have a taste. You just say no, <laughs> but I usually find I don't have to search. But if I am going to search, yeah, it's usually be like chubby Asian or something like that. Chubby Asian. Yeah, wow, that's, that's very random. specific. <laughs> yeah. But what usually, about you, Tony? You gonna, uh, are you going to divulge? Now, if I, if I don't hang on, if I don't, if I don't clear my history, yeah. When I open up Pornhub again, it's usually where I curated some of the stuff, you yeah. know, on my feed. It's like, funny, yeah. It's like an algorithm. I'm like, what the fuck? It's like a porn algorithm. Like, I, I'll, I'll close out the app. I mean, the web page, the page, but like, I won't clear my history. So when I open it back up, there's usually a couple already on the when I'm scrolling. You know? you, you're worried. People are worried about TikTok. Meanwhile, they're looking up <laughs> Grandpa Cream Pies. <laughs> <laughs> like as far as my search, I usually go to the first page and I'll look for something on there. And then if I don't see anything that's appealing, I'll just go to a girl I know. Oh, so like a Lisa okay. Ann or something. You know, I don't really know. You, so you get actual story. like intimate with these people. Well, like I mean, like, like I, I said, I don't know a lot of the new girls. Yeah. So I'm just like, okay, I know one from like when 
early 2000s, mid 2000s. Those are like in my bank. It just got so vast, you know, it's just like a, anybody with a camera can make porn these days. Well, that's what the, so we had Sensei, she's a porn star. Uh-huh. Uh, we had it recorded with like, like last week or something like last weekend. And she also, she was saying like, there's just so many more people in porn. Now. Yeah. It's crazy because of the accessibility and these iPhones. I wonder if they right? get paid. Do they get paid less now? Like, I mean, they can't get paid more, right? Would, because would, there's so much of it. I would assume the higher you are, like the more, the more you open it to do, the probably more. You well, you got people on only fans that are making more than doctors and lawyers. Yeah. Oh, dude, those, some of those, some of those pages, like, they're making millions. Yeah. Man. What about like those, uh, live sex sites? Like how much do you think those girls like bring a in? Cam model? Or yeah, 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 yeah. I think they probably do well because it's kind of like what John's point yesterday. Um, he was saying that when he talked to like Sarah J and I forget that Alexis Golden was the letter other lady's name. He said that they do more inbox stuff. So oh. like, they're talking to the guys it's like, like on a personal level, yeah. and that's what the guys like, huh? Because they say that <clears throat> some of the people have like um, management teams on their, so they run their uh, OnlyFans for them. And when I asked Sensei, I was like, when you get, when, you know, you're seeing going, getting bigger and bigger every, every day, every week, whatever, are you going to do that? And she was like, probably not, because I think some of my hardcore loyal fans will know the difference from me talking to them. Mm. And she wants to stay true to them because they've been there with her so long. God, as a, a, a father of two daughters, you talk about like worst nightmare material for you as a dad. Like I, I don't, that, that would be the worst thing ever. And I've talked to Sarah about this too. I'm like, man. I just got to make sure that my girls don't wind up on OnlyFans. And I'm not saying that to be mean because I know that there's a lot of people out there that make a good living doing that. But I want to see, I want my girls to see worth in themselves. Um, and it's really interesting because my mom was a very, very pretty woman, but she used her looks her whole life mm-hmm. to get by. If there was an OnlyFans back then, I'm pretty sure she would have been on it. Uh, because, you know, she was like one of those people that didn't work and she just got by on her looks the whole life. And that's like my worst nightmare for my girls. I have to. You know, and I think the key is you just got to show them a lot of love and show them that they're worth more than what society sees them as. And that's what really sucks as a dad of girls Mm -hmm. is that society automatically looks at pretty women as sexual pieces and not the beings that they are, you know, and it's really sad. And but that's our society. We sexualize everything. And if you're a pretty woman, they don't look at you as a beautiful mind. They look at you as a hot ass, hot piece of ass, you know, and it's sad. So you got the whole Chris Rock mentality. Keep my daughter off the pole. Yeah, exactly. The no who mentality. Chris, Chris Rock. Rock. Oh yeah, yeah. But, that's the goal, man. But I, you know, I'm sure there's good dads out there that daughter still got into porn. I mean, it's very lucrative and it's easier to do. And you know, if you're smart enough, you can make a lot of money doing it. Because they say you can be either absent father or too present father, and you can still have a daughter that goes a yeah different different route yeah i mean well and the dude and with my freaking family history and my lineage and the stupid shit that i did in my 20s like i can only imagine what they're going to pay me back with in their 20s yeah hopefully they're more like their mom than me now i wonder like what you just said i wonder how many of like say porn stars that we know whose fathers were there like too be like too much you know like overbearing and stuff led them to like hey i come from a great house well not even overbearing just like if you're just too good of a man, there's never going to be a man that's going to be able to compete with your father. Right. But I think that if you show them what they're worth and what they're worthy of, then they will live up to that expectation in life. Right. That's their job as parents is to make sure that they have some self-worth, that mm-hmm. they are, are 
they feel enough about themselves that they're not going to turn the camera around on them because, and you know, and that's another difficult conversation we're going to have to have with our daughters at some point is everything that you put on the internet is there forever. Yeah. You know, it might seem like a good idea. What if a guy like talks you into doing something and you know, and that goes viral. It, it just ruins these poor girls' lives. It's so scary being a girl dad. I mean, look at the whole uh, most hated man on the internet. The Hunter oh Moore yeah, situation. did you watch that? Oh, yeah, that's fucking crazy, man. Like, I, I wanted completely to punch forgot that about dude. that site until that documentary came up or that series came up, and I was like, there was so many people that he ruined their lives. Oh yeah, because of that shit. And who were the guys that were submitting the revenge porn? Like, how low life of a piece of shit do you have to be to do that to somebody? Like, who thinks that's cool? Yeah. I would like to just punch him in their throat. Yeah, it's kind of it's one of those things like, dude, was she that bad of a person to you? Yeah. Like, you well, have to like push. I mean, you once you put it up there, it's there forever. Yeah. You know? Like, I don't know if the server's still going or whatever, but those no, pictures, they, they shut it down. Picture. Saved it, and it's it's still popular. It's still circulating, you know? Like, it's like a felony now. Like, they do, they'll come down on you hard for, for revenge porn, which is good. They need to. I just saw something the other day, like, in California passed them where they, you can't send dick pics anymore, like, oh, over yeah. social media. I mean, yeah. I like over dating apps, what have you. Which I don't get that whole mentality for guys either. Can I have a beer? I got you. Yeah, you can have this one. <laughs> beer break. <laughs> I don't want your hot beer. Is it hot? Hang on. I didn't know you. I didn't know you opened that other one. Sorry. Yeah, I already drank it a long time ago. Oh, thank you, sir. Thank you. You're a good man. Nothing like cracking beers at 11 o'clock in the morning on Saturday. <laughs> I love the processing on these mics, man. My God. Sounds so good. Thank you. You really do. I mean, it, this has better sound than many studios I've been in. Many. So, like, what was the most jankiest studio you've ever worked at? Like, don't tell us the name, but, like. The last one. Oh, okay. Uh, the one there in Fort Wayne, Indiana. They had us in a triple-wide trailer. I kid you not. Really? It was terrible. But wasn't that, like, one of the biggest radio stations there or something? Yeah. No. Yeah. I don't know, man. It was, like, kind of locally owned. Like, it was a regional radio station. Like, um, they owned a bunch of stations in Mishawaka and then owned a, our stations there in Fort Wayne. And we did really well there. They moved us out of the original place and then put us into this place. And they said, oh, we're going to be moving. They still haven't moved. They're still there. Do you think radio will come back like everything else comes back eventually? Well, you know, it's funny because I saw an advertisement for uh, some kind of new radio that they're promoting. The Kanye radio? Um, no, I, I saw an advertisement for it on Thursday Night Football, but they're they're saying it's called Radio Reinvented. Mm -hmm. So basically, they're going to have like call-ins and stuff like that. The thing that was great about local radio, look, and local radio could have stood up on its own had they not cheaped out and just completely stopped paying their local talent. Everybody started doing the Clear Channel thing to where they would hire somebody to run eight different markets, and it's one person, and they don't they don't even say the street names correctly. Mm. When you start doing that, you're going to lose listenership. Look, people in Memphis want to hear about Memphis shit. Yeah. You know, they don't want to hear about what the hell's going on in New York City. Or God forbid, you remember when I was working at 93X and they had Rover from the Rover's Morning Glory from Cleveland come in after Stern? Yeah. I mean, that was a freaking train wreck, man, because he, he said, golly or gosh, or, you know, <laughs> he had that big, that big Midwestern accent. And that shit don't fly, man. What do you think about, like, the far as the censorship 
on radio? Why is it, or even on TV, why is it still like that? And like movies and shit. And Netflix I don't know. is wild, wild west. I don't know, man. I, and I think we got to get past it at some point, right? Like, I mean, because we as society have evolved. Yeah. It's so weird still doing a radio show because, you know, I do the weekend show on 98 One The Max. And uh, even on there, you have to, you still have to watch yourself. But I did it so for so many years and, and did a kind of a raunchier show through periods of my life that I knew where the line was and I knew where the line was. And, and I'd never crossed it, really. I mean, there was very few times I had a dump throughout my career. Um, but it's really weird. And you can tell the difference between a podcast like this where people could just be real and be themselves. And when you listen to the radio and they're having to just check back half a second mm. on what they're saying, even if you're listening to a cool show that you dig and it's funny, they're still having to be cognizant of what it is coming out of their mouth before they say it. Because if they say the wrong thing, that's your ass. That's a radio station's license and you're fired. Is there a delay? Yeah, some uh, the radio station that I was at before this, uh, but before ninety eight one the max, we had a ten second delay on there. So we could take callers live, and if they cuss, we just have to dump them and then hang up on them. Okay. Wow. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. Has the line moved at all since you've been back on radio? Now is it? Is there more you can no. say that you can't? No. Well, I mean, ten years ago? nobody wants to push it. Nobody wants to push it, and there's not enough people support you there's not enough people that even care i don't think anymore to where there is a line to push you know like what are you pushing for you know uh and not to say that there's not people that listen to local radio but the shows that are doing really well right now are hyper local sports shows uh you know like those guys at 9290 espn they do great all of them because they're all local Mm -hmm. you know um, and those local shows that are hyper local, they're talking about Memphis stuff, and you feel like you're a part of a conversation when you hear it, are the shows that are doing well. And if radio continued to do that, they would still be successful, but they didn't because they don't want to pay. They just they just don't want to pay the talent. So it's too much. Why did they decide to stop paying? Like and go cumulus route or whatever. Well, I mean, cumulus is, uh, is an exception to the rule. They actually do have people they pay on staff. Uh, they have several local shows. But, I mean, it's just, I guess it's hard for them, you know? Like, it, it, they can't justify a $100,000 a year salary. Like, at my last radio station that I was at, I think I was making like sixty four a year, which is pretty good in Fort Wayne, Indiana. The cost of living is much cheaper than Memphis. Mm. So I was doing pretty well. It was like making 100000 a year there, but I really wanted to get to $100,000 a year. But they weren't going to pay it for me. I mean, they couldn't. They couldn't justify that kind of salary. What were some of their advertisers? Oh, we had a... Jeez, I mean, every local, every place that wanted to be local, you know, that was on the radio would uh, would would advertise with us. We had, of course, uh, national counts and local counts. If you have a successful morning show, it's worth advertising on the, on the morning show because, you know, there's a local connection there. Is the morning show where it's, where it's at for radio? For yeah, radio yeah, hosts? yeah, yeah, yeah. That or afternoons. I mean, you got to catch one there in the car, right? There's not a lot of people listening to the radio at work anymore. A lot of people listen to Spotify. Uh, a lot of people will listen to, you know, iHeartRadio if they're going to be listening at their desk because there's no commercials. It's kind of hard not to beat the whole no no commercial thing. You know, people listen to this because they probably don't want to listen to commercials. Yeah. Commercials suck. Like, I know when I'm watching a video on YouTube or someone and it, it just cuts to a commercial all of a sudden, I don't watch the commercial. I go to the next video. Oh, the I, one when they're putting in the, they're embedded in the middle? Yeah. Like, I, I'll just, I'll lose interest. No yeah. matter what I'm watching, maybe some Tiesto video or whatever. I just give all interest. Yeah. Just go to the next one. It really does break it up, doesn't it? Yeah. Like, yeah. I don't hate that shit. I was watching somebody use TikTok the other day, and they literally didn't even finish the TikTok. 
before they swipe to the next video. I'm like, your attention span is that bad. You can't. Oh, yeah. Like, well, they say on terrible. TikTok ads, like, you got to get them in the first three seconds. If you can't get their attention in the first three seconds, forget about it. Wow. Yeah, because like I've sent, I sent him something one time and he's like, well, what is this? I was like, I sent it to you. He's like, oh. And I said, watch it. And then he finally watched the whole thing and then he saw the end of the joke at the video. It's oh, like, yeah. I didn't. I was like, what did I miss? And I didn't know it keeps on going. I was like. Because it goes back to the like the original way it started at. I'm like, what well, are- you know, and that gets rewarded. That's called looped content. So this is what I transitioned. So I did radio for all those years, yeah. right? Um, and then I transitioned to the move here and concentrated in videography because that was part of what I was doing on the radio show. And I realized I could make a living when I moved to Memphis. But now, because TikTok's become so huge and short form videos become so huge, I've kind of become, I wouldn't say an expert, but I know a lot more than a lot of people than that genre and what you're referring to is called loop video so if it's a 20 second video it's really quick and it goes through and all of a sudden you're watching again that's for a reason and the people that made it that way made it that way for a reason because the algorithm actually rewards looped videos if if you watch it more than once that shoots up on the algorithm more than a like or a comment or a share Mm. So that's a very effective way. And that's why we, a lot of times on TikToks or, or Reels, when they, they'll they'll be talking about something, and then all of a sudden at the end, they'll say something just crazy outlandish, and you're like, what the fuck did they say? And you want to watch it again? Yeah. Doing it on purpose. I got you. They're totally playing the algorithm. So is now the new, instead of having a website or having an Instagram or Facebook, the new thing is having the TikTok page I think, for a business? I think you have to have all of them. Like you have to have, I mean, you have to live on the internet now, right? Yeah. That's where everybody's at. They're on their phone. Uh, and you have to have the website for SEO reasons because people go on Google. What's really interesting, though, is Gen Z is now using TikTok as more of a Google reference than Google. Really? So they're searching things via TikTok search. And they're, they've actually just increased this, the number of characters you could type on per TikTok yeah. to help out with their SEO because they're already seeing the writing on the wall that they could take over Google spot one day. Wow. Because people would rather watch video than read content yeah yeah i like if i need to figure something out i would go to youtube to figure out a tutorial for it yeah yeah, yeah. like a mm-hmm. document about it and the kids they're doing the same thing only they use tiktok and the fact with tiktok has been you can learn some really fascinating shit on there yeah like really it's addictive once you start getting into a wormhole forget yeah, it like it. the commercial uh, tiktok taught me yeah you know uh-huh do you guys know that you can go to jail uh if you have autism, if you commit a crime, like a, reg- a regular jail, I learned this on TikTok. Um, a so, crime's a crime. Yeah, but I thought maybe like it was they you had maybe a special needs jail. No, no, not just like that, but like you know maybe it went somewhere different, like maybe like a different like a housing or no, something. No, like there's a lot of sick people out there, man. I mean, when you go to jail, like I don't know if you ever been to jail, dude. That's a scary place, and it's scary because how much mental unstableness is in that building. There's yeah. just a bunch of hurt people. Yeah, I mean, like if you think about it, anybody that like kills somebody is mentally ill. Yeah, so this guy that, well, his mom is coming on the podcast in December, I think. And she has a TikTok page called Autism Something. I forget the name of it, you know? But, like, it's where she documents what her son's going through right now in jail and stuff. Because he's allowed mm. video calls and stuff. Wow. Why is he in jail? Uh, so he robbed a store, uh, a 7-Eleven or something like that, but they didn't take anything. And they came and got him, and then he did it again. So they had to put him in jail. Wow. So, he's, so he gets out on, in 2024, like March or April. And um, 
I asked her like, "Hey, would you like to talk about this?" And she's like, "Yeah, sure." And then, but like, it's crazy because I never thought that people like have like a disability like that would actually go to like regular jail. Yeah, sad. Yeah, and not because like I know they do that whole like, do you plead insane or whatever? Mm-hmm. But generally, those people still go to jail. Yeah, they don't. I mean, insane, and, and look, the way the judicial system works, if you don't have money, you're fucked. Like they don't care. They don't give. They don't give a shit about poor people. Lock them up because at least they get paid that way. You know, there's a profit to be made by the state on locking people up. It's crazy, man. We live in a fucked up system. What man. are those jails called uh, where they keep them populated for the people that work there? Like they pay them like a dollar a day or something like that. You're talking about like a for profit. Jail? Oh yeah. yeah. Are those things still a thing? That's not yeah. like we're getting yeah, get away think, from I that. Think all those all those jails are making money, man. They're all subsidized. We're paying for it. Yeah, because I know, like, a lot of them will have, like, when they have the fires out in California, they'll have them go out there and help put out the fires. And they're making, like, 25 cents, something insane a day. But now, do they get time off their time if they go and do that? I don't know. Uh-huh. I would imagine not. I mean, you're still serving your sentence. Yeah. But then I, you I, have I, people like that fucking guy that did that shooting spree who got out. You know, and it's just like, why is he out? Or that guy that killed Eliza. Like he was, yeah. dude. Like, what the fuck, man? Yeah. Like, so apparently, I'm, sorry, I'm a bad Yeah. No. Go ahead. No. So like, apparently, he had done it like 20 years prior, mm-hmm. the same thing, and he got out. I, I, you know, after serving his whatever, like eight, six, fifteen, sixteen years, then he got the, you know, it, I guess when you fucked up in the head like that, you just can't. He was. A, he was a sexual predator. Yeah, is what he was. He was a monster amongst mm-hmm. us. What was really fucked up is apparently, and I don't know how true this is, but apparently they were saying that he had raped somebody before her, and that the city didn't process the rape kit. It's yeah. true. So, she's actually going. She's actually suing the city now because she's like, oh, so when a person with money exactly has this happened when, when it, and when it's a white girl, it matters. Yeah. But when it's somebody in the black community, they don't give a shit. And it's true. It really is, man. And it's, and it's a fucked up hypocrisy that we're still living in like that. And listen, I'm, I lean a lot further right than I do left, but that that's bullshit. And the people like that, they have got to find a way. Like, I don't know. I'm watching this Dahmer shit. They just need to kill people like that, man. I'm sorry. Like you're, you're not, you're beyond getting fixed. They, one, there was one lady in the apartment complex. Apparently he told that he told that lady in the apartment complex that she, he was going to do the same exact thing to her that he did to Eliza. That he was going to uh, feed her fentanyl, that he was going to shoot her in the head after raping her. Wow. That's fucked up, man. So he was already out there, knew what he was doing. He was just looking for the right victim. He didn't yeah. care. And here we are. We see he's still going to be alive. Like, And there's probably, I don't know if he's going to get out, but there's a chance. Maybe there'll be some justice done in jail, like the Dahmer situation. Yeah. yeah. But like, you know, the, it, it's just insane. And like, you, I'm with you on this because. When we just put him in jail for life or give him life sentence, it's like twenty years later when you kill him. Yeah, why don't you just go ahead and kill him? Fuck it, man. Because like, and I hate to. I'm be not even talking about the money aspect. Is the, the amount of money they have to spend on a, a prisoner like that daily is is so much is minute, right? When a big government comes in, you know. But like, I think you just kill him. Just kill him. Why put him on death row for fifteen, twenty years? Just just kill him. Yeah, like they, he doesn't need. He's just a sick person, and God rest his soul. Uh, you know. Hopefully there's a hell for him to fucking roast in. <laughs> you know? there, there's no saving somebody like that. If, the, if you have proven yourself to be a career rapist, 
you need to not be on this earth anymore. We need to have some way to say, hey, you're not allowed here. We're not, as human beings, we're not going to allow you the same existence that we allow everybody else. Do you think that people like that are inherently bad or do you think they're like a product of their environment? Dude, I think it's fucking Satan, man. I, I Dude, listen, I believe in God, but I if you're going to believe in God, you got to believe in the bad too. And I believe that it's out there, man. And there's evil in this fucking world. And it wants to take away the good out of life. I think more there's a lot more good in this world than bad. But the problem is those bad people are monsters and they're they live amongst us. It was weird as shit. I saw something on Facebook uh, the other day and they were talking about it was (laughs) it was some some lady talking about how the Dahmer series on Netflix is a portal to hell. But we were watching last night and I was like, man, she might be fucking right. Like it's put this is putting some negative, horrible thoughts in people's heads that might be impressionable enough to try and go out and do the same things. So as much as I was laughing at earlier in the day, I was like, maybe that bitch had a point. And I was so scared <laughs> when that motherfucker got arrested. I'm like, what, nine or ten? Yeah. I'm like, fucking hugged up on my mom and watching on the news, all scared and shit. I'm like, mom, I'm, I can't remember what I said, but I'm like, is he gonna come for me? Tony, like, Tony was the one that needed to be scared, man. He, he liked it. He liked attractive <laughs> young boys. You're good, man. I looked like Greg Lanus. Not, not in, in the nineties. You did oh. not. <laughs> yeah. But no, I was like, man, fuck that. I, I just, I still remember being scared as fuck when the news broke about cannibal, and I didn't know what the fuck that was. Well, and I had no idea how bad it was until. So, and how much of this Netflix series is true? Do you guys know? Because uh, I kind of want to watch it. I want to watch like a uh, like a real documentary now because it's got some of that shit's got to be made up, right? There's no way he was that fucked up. No, I, well, from what I've, because I started watching some stuff after I watched that on YouTube, like the court case about it, and a lot of it's pretty spot on. Really? Yeah. Oh, that's scary, man. But like, that, that, well, that, that first episode, and I don't want to run it for anybody, but when I mean, he, it's a true story. When he has that kid on the couch on his bed, and yeah. there's blood on the bed, and he's making him watch The Exorcist three, yeah, before he eats him. I was fucking terrified, man. And I, I don't I'm get not scared. watching this shit. I do not get scared watching movies. I literally was so scared. I we, we were sitting there drinking beer while we were watching. I freaking knocked the beer over on the side of the couch. <laughs> Motherfucker, you always scared. You're scared about everything. Ugh. We scared the shit out of you. Like in your house that one day, you like ran up the stairs or something. I can't remember. I'm, dude, I am a scaredy cat. But <laughs> He's like, ah! That Dahmer <laughs> shit, man. I don't, I don't watch Ooh. it like that. I'll fuck that. Well, I'm and just fuck I, him. I'm just and afraid. Y'all too. I'm afraid of the people that are going to watch this that are impressionable because you know how our society is now. Mm-hmm. Everybody wants to one up the worst. That's why we have all these shootings because everybody thinks that they're going to be the next one that goes and gets all the kills. But don't you think the Dahmer and like John Wayne Gacy and all those people are just showing like what we're dealing with now? Yeah. Like well, you know, all, those people have always been there. Yeah. And you know what? We, they can't get away with it like they did back then. Yeah. Like there's no way there's DNA and all sorts of shit. Like they'll, they'll catch a, 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 a mass murderer like that, but they can't stop a shooter, an active shooter yeah. situation until they kill him. So the that's way what, I look at it is like, it's not like a Hollywood movie where you kill the bad guy and that's it. Yeah. There's always going to be another character that pops up. Mm-hmm. They're just yeah. waiting for that person to go out so they can take their get their light, you know. Dude, it's it's sad. It's, it's like so you know, scary, like man. like the guy that shot up, you know, was driving around Memphis. What beginning of the month that was you know driving around and shooting on killing all those people. Like you saw how long it took them to track him down and fucking finally 
get him, you know, and arrested his ass. What did you do? What were you doing that night? Because I was a little freaked out. I was on Facebook and people were saying it was at the Cordova Walmart that he was there at the Cordova Walmart. So I got my gun out. You know, the babies were in bed, but I'm like, fuck that, man. If this motherfucker walks in my house, I'm putting a bullet through his head. Like, you know, what was, did y'all do? I was sleeping. I woke up to a text. Somebody said, where are you? And I was like, uh, I'm at home. They're like, okay, good. And I was like, what, are they trying to come over or something? And like, there's an active shooter. I was like, what? Yeah. And they sent me the article. And then I saw that. I turned on the news and they're like, don't leave your house. And then I get an alert on the ring. This bitch is walking out fucking side, man. <laughs> and the guy was just on Poplar, not yeah. too far from us. Yeah. It's scary, man. That's scary. I had to make some space. I had to clean out my car. <laughs> <laughs> I did. It's my fault for waiting that long, but like I forgot. I actually, when I went out there, I didn't. Really, I forgot that he was out there, like around here somewhere. Raul wanted to be the next Dahmer victim. <laughs> <laughs> Eat my heart like a Chianti. Yeah, that Dahmer man, he was fucked up, man. I don't have a gun, so I probably just die. Dude, like, fuck that, man. I'm thinking about getting strapped up even harder. Are you? Uh, do you have your carry permit? You I, did, I did it in Indiana. I did it in Indiana. I don't think you need one here, though. Yeah, you don't need it anymore. It's a now, wild, would you have dude, your it's gun? A wild, wild west would you have your gun order. on your hip where people can see it, or you'd have it under your shirt? I don't know. You don't have a uh, photographer buddy that he goes out to and does a lot of houses, and he always has one on him. And I've thought about it, but it's just like I don't. know. I get scared. Like, what if I put it down and the girls grab it or something? So I'm always really careful with it. I don't carry it on me unless I feel like it might be in a situation where I need it. I think if you show it, you're advertising. Yeah, because and like, you're asking for somebody to probably take it from you in an altercation. I saw this big Facebook thing the other day about this. Like, you know, there's one guy that you can't see the gun on him. And there's another guy that has it on his hip and, you know, like a, a clip. Yeah. Just a regular guy. And like, which one's going to be the next victim? And everyone's like, you know, all the comments are like the guy that has his gun showing because the person with the gun is more like should go for him first. Yeah. That was, there's no way. Well, and the problem is, is but, but we kind of need those guys with guns now to counteract some of the violence that's going on with the shootings. You know, like that one guy in Indianapolis that shot up that mall, that motherfucker took him out from. Oh, yeah. Like 200 yards away with a handgun. <laughs> <laughs> Talking about a hell a of a shot, distance, yeah. man. <laughs> but, but like a lot of but people, he would have killed, killed a lot more people had he not shot him. Yeah, but a lot of people that would have like all these um, like AR-15s and shit like that. Are they really going to be able to use it against a person when it comes time to? I think because most of his violence and it's not, it's not a duel. Yeah, like when that guy got shot at the auto zone. He was standing in front of the guy and just pulled a gun. Oh my god! You did you see? Did you accidentally watch that? I accidentally yeah, I watched that. It. I yeah. was terrified. Somebody sent it to me, and I knew what it. I, I saw. I clicked started watching it, and I saw the guy pull the gun out uh, and go. I stopped watching it, dude. The, he, like, it, dude, he blasted him like yeah. it, it looked like a fucking video game. Yeah, you and don't then, have time to react. Yeah, to that. Uh, nobody does. And then like, did you see? Well, did you see the one in the supermarket that the guy went on that racial rampage? Tony yeah, saw that one too. Oh my god! I watched that and I was so like disturbed. Call of Duty. Oh my god! It was so terrible. But that's and then saying, you think like, that these are really a, these are grandmas. These are people's grandmas. Yeah. This guy's just waxing in the middle of a supermarket for no reason at all, other than the fact that he's some racist lunatic. Yeah, and then he saved that one guy. Oh, sorry, a, you're white. Oh, sorry. And he even said that. Oh, sorry, guys. Sorry, you're white. Yeah. What now, the fuck is wrong? There's a you? big thing that people always they've always said this since the '90s that video games are making people violent. Do you guys think like Call of Duty, Grand Theft Auto games, and Call of Duty games? Our reason that people like it, or is it just a, 
something mentally wrong with them. I'm sure it doesn't day. help, right? What do you think, Tony? No, because, because there's so there's a lot of people who play video games, and not everybody's doing that kind of heinous shit. Yeah, but it brings up a fantasy of sorts, you know. Like some people fantasize about that. Like they're like, "Ooh, I would that would be fucking awesome if I could go do that." Like watching porn. That's why there's so many like weird sexual cases now. I saw now there's a lot of girls that have ripped anuses now because everybody wants to do anal. And I think that's attached to porn. Yeah. Like young girls are coming into like this. There's this lady on TikTok. She was talking about like her friend's a nurse. And she said there's a lot of anal tears because girls are doing anal now. Yeah. I'm sure it's not their idea to do anal. Well, and uh, I mean. I mean, if you love anal, you can love anal. It's a messy business, you know. So (laughs) it's an exit, not an entrance. Yeah. 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 I don't know, man. And well, you know, back in the day, there was like a lot of people that used to do anal just because either it was a religion thing. Like if they were really religious, they were like, oh, well, this isn't having sex. Yeah. Or, you know, they were using it as a form of contraception. Yeah. We had a friend, uh, her and our buddy used to do anal because she didn't want to lose her virginity because yeah. she was Catholic. What and the they fuck? Would use, they would use Crisco oil. Oh, <laughs> yeah. As a lube. And so one year I bought her some Crispo, Crisco oil for like Christmas or something like that. I sent it to her. Well, you know, she takes the, it in the butt. The poop hole is not a loophole. <laughs> the poop hole is not a <laughs> Oh, it's fucked up. I mean, anal is, I've done it like two with two girls, like twice, like one with a handful of times. One was the first time because I went out with this girl and I ended up hooking up with her. And then like, I didn't want to hang out with her again because I just didn't <laughs> like her. And then she like hit me up. She's like, hey, you want to hang out again? I'm like, nah, I'm good. And she's like, I'll let you fuck me in my ass. Whoa. And I was like, oh shit. Well, I've never done this before. Hmm. So then I went over and then she complained the whole time. And I was like, man, this is not enjoyable at all. Yeah. And then the other one I did it was she actually enjoyed it. Yeah. There's but, some uh, girls that are into it, man. I just, uh, and then the one I, that enjoyed it, a little poo poo came out. Ooh. <laughs> and then I checked out. Right? Yeah. You know, I, I think anal sex is one of those things to where it like looks good if you're watching it on porn, but you don't have to smell it. Yeah. You know, like it's, you're playing in shit. Yeah. Like we, let's, d- let's, we don't see the behind the scenes shit that's going on. Let's face what, what you're doing there. Yeah. It's going to get a little dirty. And then it can go in your penis hole. <sighs> Ugh. That'd be can it cause some sort of infection? Like I would imagine. I would think so. I remember what happened I got today, a Dookie infection. I was I was hanging out with this girl, and I didn't know she was a prostitute slash hooker slash escort slash whatever. The so fuck. how much did you pay her? No, but one of our friends told us that she hooked up with a friend of ours. And she loved when she was getting fucked in the ass by him because she couldn't see the sh- he was a, he's a darker guy, right? So his dick is darker, right? And sorry, he's lighter, but his dick would be darker. And she goes, I loved it because I couldn't see the shit on his dick. So why did she not fuck you and let you fuck her in the ass? I don't know. I don't know, man. <laughs> How does that make you feel, as Ryan Rakoff Ryan, <laughs> oh, yeah. Ryan would say? What, did, what does Nick say about your penis? He calls it the purple... Purple crayon. <laughs> <laughs> That's so fucked up. Because <laughs> every time I think of Ronald's dick, I'm thinking just a purple crayon. Dude, I looked at it one day in this picture he showed. I was like, why is it so dark, man? It's darker than mine. It's disturbing. <laughs> Apparently, that's a thing, though, with Indian Well, he, guys. he did get born in South Africa. so you know. <laughs> Well, yeah, like most of our men's dick are is dark. Like are there dark. any Indian porn stars? I don't think I've ever seen oh, yeah, Indian porn there, stars. There's, there's a few. Um, Do you damn. look up to them? 
Like dude, Indian porn stars. I've no. seen chick. I've, I've seen. Chick. Oh, you're talking about chick? I mean, dudes. Well, I don't, Mia, I don't know what her name is. She's like one of the biggest ones. She's right? like Lebanese. Oh, yeah, or something like that. Mia Khalif. But she I got some big ass titties. Yeah, she does. Kind of has some big ass titties. Uh, I forget the name of them, but there are some. I don't know about guys, but I'm sure there is. If there's chick, well, you remember the one that came to the pony? She was Indian. She came to the pony. Yeah, she had the feature at the pony. Something. Oh no! I'm talking about guy guys. Oh, yeah, sorry. there's not a lot of guys. We're talking about dark dicks. That's what oh. I'm wondering. If you've ever seen like an Indian male porn star, I've seen like on Pornhub. I've seen Indian dick, and it's dark. Mm. Mm, so they're all dark. Yeah, mm. I mean, I'm, I'm just, just, I'm, just know. Yeah. I'm just a normal Indian guy, man. Well, good. Per- thank you, thank you, Purple Crayon. <laughs> <All> right, <laughs> we have now lost all of our listeners. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just people vomiting in their car, right? Now. <laughs> are they uncut too? Some of them are. A lot of them are cut though. But I wonder why that's a thing, like the cutting. I think for sanitary reasons, right? Isn't that what but they like say? But there's a whole, the day, there's a whole mean, group of people that say that it's like vile. You shouldn't do it anymore. Like there's people that are hardcore, like anti-cutting it. Yeah, the, the, they don't like it. They think I mean, it's terrible for the baby. It, it cuts off our sensation. Like we don't have as many since. I still feel a lot. Yeah, I'm good, bro. But I mean, like, you know, like in Africa, they cut off some girls' clits. Yeah. And that's considered mutilation. Why is that the same thing for men? I don't know. But I need a dude. I don't need any more sensation down there. I need, <laughs> I, I'm already thinking of baseball and everything not to be a two-pump chump. Yeah, that's, um, I don't know. Tradition's a weird thing. Like some stuff we stick with and some things we let go. I wonder why. Well, my mom didn't want to have me done, but my dad was. So my dad wanted me to done because he wanted, you know, his son to look like him. Mm-hmm. So kind of weird. Now I do know like you're like the ones that are born here in America and stuff like that. The Indian guys, they usually, they usually, parents usually have them cut. So they look like the rest. Yeah. So. I don't know. Are there chicks that are like into uncircumcision? Are there? Or, I I'm sure is. I definitely. There, a there's a whole click for it. Yeah. Yeah. I've heard it's good for anal. Really? Mm-hmm. It's easier. Yeah, I know in the gay world there there is <laughs> like there there's a whole subsection of guys that like guys that are uncut. You mm. know, Raul, you got you got some teammates. Yes, <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I all I know is what I have, so I don't know anything else. Yeah, I do remember. I the only reason I knew this about you is I was talking to this one girl one time, and I was like. Yeah, I got to use like lube or lotion to jerk off. And she's like, oh, that means you're circumcised. Really? I was like, what are you talking about? She huh. was like, uncircumcised, uncircumcised guys don't need to They use don't lube. need it. Huh? I'm jerking off right now. Oh, God. That's <laughs> gross. He's doing Kegel exercises. <laughs> Do a lot of girls get weirded out when they see it? The, some, some, some of them have seen it, but then a lot of them have never seen it. And then like they're like, what oh. What does that even mean? <laughs> They define a lot. Are we talking three? <laughs> like two or three, you know, two or three. Two so or three. you're saying you're generally the first one they've ever seen? Yeah. Okay, because the way you said it didn't really make any sense. What did I say? You said some of them have seen it, and then some of them haven't seen it. I thought you were talking about yourself. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> that's, <laughs> I, I call, that's called a loop. Was it looking like, look like a peanut? Yeah. Uh, Turn the lights off, baby. You don't want to see this thing. <laughs> wow. All right, so let's talk. Ruby Red Media. 
Oh, after all the dick and... <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, that's a, I don't think I want my company brought up after your purple crayon. <laughs> it's like the best when I see these OnlyFans or porn star chicks. They'll talk about their OnlyFans and they'll picture of their kid. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. And my daughter's name is Ruby, so that's part of Ruby Red Media. Oh, yeah. So thanks for Tell putting me, that just, out there. We just beep, beep. Uh, <laughs> no, but seriously, like, so you went to school in Indiana for it, and then... Did you know you were going to be as successful as you are? No. No, I didn't. We, uh, I just did it because I wanted to, to add video to my radio show. I knew that that was something that I needed to start going into this next version of whatever radio was going to be. So I, I started doing night classes at uh, Ivy Tech there to learn the Adobe Suite, and, and I did. And then I started experimenting and I started getting clients like people started using me for different stuff. Like there was this organization called FW 22 there in Fort Wayne. That was a veterans organization that had me film some stuff for them. And and then I just started doing things on the side and looking back on it. Now the work was so bad. (laughs) Looking back at my old stuff. I'm like, God, oh, my God, what was I thinking? But, you know, you have to start somewhere. Right. Uh, And then when COVID happened, um they weren't able to live stream, they weren't able to have funerals anymore, but people were still dying. Right. So a guy from a funeral home approached me and was like, Hey, can you do some of these live streams for us? Mm. So I started doing like live streaming a funeral home on the side of the radio. So I was like, man, there's money here. Like I could make a pretty good living at this. I think if I just applied myself and then my company announced that we were having a 20% mandatory pay cut across the board. Well, I had a newborn that was born in January. I had a year old daughter. Um, and I was like, dude, I can't take this 20% pay cut. My wife wasn't working. She was home with the babies. It was $140 for me to live on for two weeks. And I, yeah, I wrote my CEO and I was like, Hey man, I was like, I'd rather you furlough me because I was already making $850 a week before the 20% pay cut. So the 20% pay cut brought it down to where I couldn't live. I said, I'd really appreciate it if you either just made an exception for me because I just had these two newborns or you let me go because I volunteered to be let go at the beginning because I was like, oh, I could work on my video and this might be a good step for my company. Well, instead of paying me the extra $200, <laughs> they let me go, which is funny because I had the number one morning show there in Fort Wayne. And I thought for sure that 200 bucks wasn't going to hang them up, right? Like, I mean, how much is this going to hurt you? To pay me an extra 200 bucks. Yeah. Plus, I was already doing this video stuff on the side. They saw that there was capabilities there. And I think that they were thinking, hmm, maybe we could utilize his video capabilities in some way to help us in our in our digital media, which they were a little bit ahead of the curve on that. But they didn't see taking the investment. So they let me go. And they said, hey, listen, we're going to let you go. Um, your job won't be here, though. If you decide to go ahead and take this pay cut or, you know, furlough, uh, your job was going to be taken over by the other radio station morning show in South Bend, Indiana. And I was like, are you fucking kidding me? I've been here 11 fucking years. Gave my blood, sweat and tears to this radio station. And, and one of the more popular figures in Fort Wayne, and you don't want to pay me $200 to feed my fucking family, man. Fuck you. And I was pissed off about it. Still pissed off about it. Because then I found out that they got PPP money on top of that. So they got $2 million from the government To keep people fucking employed. And I have two newborns at the house. And these assholes don't want to pay me $200 every two weeks to keep my head above water. Yeah. So it built a lot of resentment up in me. And I was pissed. 
And uh, our buddy Rick McCracken, you've had him here on the podcast before. Uh, he owns Amplified Meal Prep. He's like, dude, just get get down here. We'll, we'll take care of you. Nick, I talked to Nick, our buddy at the zoo. He's like, dude, I got you. Don't worry about it. Get down here. So I was like, fuck it. Let's go. And we moved. We put all of our chips in. We just, we bet, we put it all in. We were like, fuck it. You know, if we, if we drown, we drown. I guess I'll go to driving an Uber. Um, and if we don't, we don't. So thank God we didn't drown. <laughs> yeah. I remember when y'all first came down, you're like, dude, what am I going to do if this doesn't work? I was like, dude, that's the thing. It's going to work. Yeah. Because everybody knows you. Once they see you again, they gonna they just gonna they they know who you are. I was so scared, dude. You know, because I was like, he's like, dude, but but what if it doesn't? I got this new house. Ugh. I got a I got a wife. I got a feed. I got two babies. I got to feed. Sarah's finishing school. You know, like she's getting a master's next. Like you know, what if it doesn't work? I was like, it's gonna work, man. There's gonna be people here that are gonna give you work. You just have to, you know, and then, you know, like I said, Nick, Nick was your first client, right? At mm-hmm. the zoo. Yeah. And like, you know, and then that starts snowballing and, you know, and then Rick and then Nick, more and more people come. Well, it was about six months in and about yeah. six months in, I was like, fuck, I don't think I'm going to make it. We had $30,000 because we sold our house there in Fort Wayne. So we had a little bit of a pad there, but I was kind of like, fuck, man, like we're running out of money and something's got to change. And I was thinking, well, maybe I fucking called a car dealership up to see if I could, uh, you know, maybe sell cars. And Sarah's like, dude, don't do that. Like, what the fuck are you doing? You got this to believe in yourself. Don't, what are you doing? Believe in yourself. And I'm like, fuck, okay, I can do it. And then thank God we got that marijuana, uh, oh, yeah. uh beyond hello. They, uh, they hired me as their video guy for this marijuana dispensary. And I made, dude. I thank God I got that because if I would have got that, I don't think I would be where I'm at right now because uh, that kept us afloat through that winter. And then all of a sudden things started picking up and I found my niche and started doing a bunch of real estate shit. And then all of a sudden that led into other things. And then other people started calling me. And now all of a sudden it's all micro content. Everybody wants the short stuff for, you know, TikToks and, uh, uh, you know, reels and i'm like fuck well i know how to do that because i was on the radio for 25 years and i was used to being funny 25 to 45 seconds at a time so boom i got this shit it's funny i had a meeting yesterday with a guy and he's like well we're trying to uh, do some short form content ourselves i was like okay i was like what do you want to know and he was like well where do you get your templates from and i go templates for a video <laughs> yeah you create I'm, yourself yeah, right? yeah, yeah. 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 you got you, you got to create that shit man there's no fucking magic pill you can buy that's going to give you and of course there are some like in real estate it's it's so prevalent and you'll notice the real estate agents here they all copy each other because they're all getting their same information for the same person that's selling it to everybody mm. so my job and what was funny is dude like these agents here and I love my agents that I work with you guys fucking rock if you're listening right now thank you so much for keeping my family up I love you but the same, there'll be six agents that call me in one week and all want the same fucking video. They don't want to stand out? No, they all, they, they copy each other. Is, they, is, they copy is the formula each other. that you want to use is the safe formula? Okay, right, right now it's, uh, you know, they're doing these talking head videos with uh, the three best things you can do right now if you're looking to sell your home. Oh, yeah, 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 I've seen that. But they all do it. Every single one does the same fucking video. The, the problem is, is you've got to be creative and you've got to come out with something that people aren't seeing. Yeah. It's like, why would I watch a copycat of somebody else? Exactly. So there's a lot of copycatting going on. There's a lot of people looking at other people waiting to see what other people are going to do. And then there are people that go out on a ledge and they call them crazy. 
But guess what? The people that are fucking crazy are the ones that are now the influencers that are getting paid. There's one person in particular, I'm not going to call her out by name, but she's freaking awesome at what she does. But when she first started doing her uh, Instagram reels and stuff, everybody in the real estate community here called her crazy that it was very unprofessional to you know present houses like she was. But she had this huge following on Instagram mm -hmm. over it. And now Instagram pays her $2,500 a month to produce content. And she's the number one agent in Memphis. Damn. So there's a definite correlation between being great on social media and bottom line money that you get off of it. Would you say that, excuse me, that um, having a family and having a supportive spouse is one of the reasons that you're at where you're at right oh, now? Oh, fuck yeah, man. Oh, God, Sarah. You know, you guys know, you know, you guys know Sarah. Sarah can be rough on me at times, but she's rough on me for the right reasons. Because if it was up to me, everybody would be my fucking friend. Mm -hmm. uh, I wouldn't have any business sense whatsoever. She's the one that really pushed me to, to better myself. Once, once Ruby was on the way, I knew that I had to do something. I had to have a backup. I couldn't depend on the fucking radio anymore. Yeah. And thank God I did. Uh, you know, and uh, she pushes me every day to be a better version of, of me. And, uh, man, I, I try and make them proud. That's, and not to get choked up or sad about this, but every day when I wake up and I go outside the house to go work on my business, they're at the front of my mind. Yeah. You know, it's them. How can I make sure that I can provide a good life for them? You know, every single morning I wake up. Because yeah, I would imagine, like, if it was just you on your own, you're probably, oh, I can just go find some bullshit job. You know, I can get by. But if you know there's three other people you have to worry about besides yourself. Yeah. And now I have employees. So now I have to yeah. worry about them. You know, now I have to worry about other people. So then the stress level comes from a whole other place at that point. Yeah. There's a certain level of success that you hit. And then you're like, oh, shit, I got to get to the next mountain. Mm -hmm. But to get to the next mountain, you have to hit the valley. Okay. And so that just happened with me recently. I had to take out a $30,000 loan because we're scaling. I needed more equipment. Uh, I needed more cash on reserve to make it to this next mountain we're going to. So we signed a deal with Cumulus here in Memphis, which is awesome because I went from working for a radio station yeah. to now partnering with a radio station. I have my office in my studio space inside of Cumulus Memphis. Uh, and they utilize my videography on their digital marketing side. So it's a nice hand in hand with us two working together. And it's so funny because I was telling those people in Fort Wayne that this was the future, that this is the way we needed to go. And they wouldn't pay me 200 fucking dollars extra. <laughs> well, they, that, that, imagine this, if they just gave you that 200, you'd still be up in the fucking snow. You're right. right now. No. And you know what? And everything happened for a reason, Raul. And I'm back here. I'm back home. I'm back at a place I love. You know, my family lives in Little Rock. Um, Raul was one of my best friends in the world. Nick is the best friend. Uh, Rick is the best friend. Uh, JJ Spencer, God rest his soul. He was one of my best friends here. So I had a good support group here, a good group of guys from my 20s that believe in me and are doing positive things in their life. And I think it's all about the people you surround yourself with. You know, if you roll around with a bunch of shit, you're going to wind up looking like shit. But if you run around people that are are focused, that want to make the world a better place, I'm not talking about you, Raul. <laughs> Stop looking at me, Tony. I'm just trying to figure out, like, you're you're talking about the sum of five people, yeah. which we always reference, and then we have Raul. Yeah, but Raul, he, look. He, I keep y'all... 
not, I keep the you ego. You want to keep us below I keep, average? I keep the <laughs> ego away from y'all. I, I don't want you guys to get ego, okay? He, so here already, I am bringing down our average. No, to you keep need us, to get on board, man. He's our pink unicorn. You know, he, you think like one day he's gonna be like in our back pocket and he's gonna come through for us or something? Dude, shit? no, he's well, he always would. Like the thing is, like I know if I, something shitty really happened to me, like if something just terrible happened to me, and maybe I want to go into jail or something, if I had to call somebody. I'm going to call Raul. He's going to get me out, right? I understand that, Twitch. But there's other stuff that he needs. I mean, I say the same thing to Nick. Nick's like, why do you get so bent out of shape about him? I'm like, Nick, you can't pacify him all the fucking time, man. <laughs> and you guys you guys don't deal with him as much as I do. Yeah, either. I know. Well, you guys are heterosexual life. Man. <laughs> I mean, there's going to be a point of I'm going to die or I'm going to leave. Yeah. So it's like, you know, you can't always just skirt by on life, man. Yeah. I think he's doing a good job, though. I mean, he's doing much better than, like, when I lived here the last time. Holy hell. It's not on his own accord, though. Yeah. And that's what I'm trying to say. Like, he needs to want to do it for himself, not because but we're he does. pushing him. He does, though. And, like, he made that I post do. the other day, and I think he legitimately wants to try and be a better person. Thank you. What did I say about that post? You called it you a bullshit. Said, you said you need to be a man of action. But I think you were being a little hard on him. Oh, sorry. Yeah, yeah. Man of action. But, yeah, yeah. yeah, but the thing is, look, man, every every step in life starts with the first one. We're, he's 42, Twitch. I know, but, hey, listen, we all had to start somewhere. But I was four, you, I was forty two when I had Ruby. You know, I wasn't even going to night school. But you wanted to do stuff with your life. Yeah, Raul is just content with just coasting. I keep on telling me he needs to open a liquor store. You have brought that up. No, well, not you, not recently. But you, you have need to be an up. entrepreneur, man. I, and I'm telling this, and, and I'm it, telling you guys right now. Now you're right. I don't want to work unless something wild comes my way through Budweiser and Isaac Bush. I don't see myself working there for yeah. until I'm dead. Like, I don't want to be like. Running the warehouse, and there's nothing wrong with those jobs because they pay really well. But I, I, I don't want that, you know. Like, I want something that's myself. Yeah, you know, you know what I'm saying. Like, I, I do want something like that. I just don't know what. Well, listen. Now I have started looking into. Um, so since they're building all these gas stations everywhere, there's a lot of um, like with the gas station they're building like little bays next to the gas stations. So the bays are pretty much going to pay the gas station owners' mortgage, and. They're popping up everywhere. Like, there's probably 15 gas stations being built right now within 20 mile radius of my route, like within my route, and or 30 miles. And inside those bays, you can rent it and put whatever you want. And I started looking at how busy Little Caesar, uh, Little Caesars are. Like, the one over here on Minute uh, on Park is super busy always. The one in Lakeland is super busy. The one uh, over here by what is that Ridgeway High School? You know. Now, granted, I have to put the work in. I have to, you know, get get the loans or whatever, you know. And I'm really looking into that because there's one location that I saw the other day when I was going to the new store that was being built to see meet up with the new owner. It would be perfect. Yeah. Because but what's your passion for that though? Like the pizza, like the see, I just like the passion. Yeah, you got to be a passionate about something because it may not work. No, it was absolutely. And that's the thing. If I don't know it's going to work, not work. I mean, I don't know it's not going to work, right? Or it could 100% work. Well, the the thing is you have to bet on yourself 100%. And especially if you're going into an entrepreneurial situation, you have to bet on yourself. And there's no, you got to go all in with it. Like that is, that, that's being an entrepreneur. Yeah. And you know, like. No with, risk, no with, reward. With that Little Caesars franchise that, you know, whatever the fees are and stuff. But like, 
I've actually talked to the one guy out in Arlington. He just happened to be there one day uh, by Nathan's store. And uh, I was talking to him a little bit about it. And he was like, oh, man, you know, I've been out here for like three or four, like five years now. And he pretty much had to build a secondary. He had to build his own little strip mall because one strip mall has a Domino's and the other one has a Papa, I mean, uh, has a, a Pizza Hut. And then it, you couldn't go in the same one because they have the rights to that strip mall, you know? Mm-hmm. So he built like a little two bay thing and right there on some land, he built it, he opened it and he rents out the next door to uh, a tobacco store. And he's like, you just got, you just got to do it. And I, just, I knew, I knew it would be out of here. So that's why I did it. And now Arlington is, all these people are going to gain like ten to 12,000 people within the next year and a half. Well, you got the blue oval going out there. I mean, there's all sorts of development like, and if you want to do that, I would push you to do that because I'm telling you, there's no other better job in the world than being your own boss. Yeah. You're never going to make the money you want to make working for somebody else, making them rich. And that's what I realized. And so one thing that I wish if I knew 20 years ago, I would have kicked myself in the ass when I was working at 93 X and been like, all right, fuck this shit. You don't need to be out four nights a week getting fucked up for this people that don't give a shit about you. Go start your own company. You're a smart guy. Figure out what it is. You're creative. Go figure it out. And I think if I would have known that 20 years ago, my life would have been completely different than it is now. But I'm, I'm glad that it went the way it did because there was a lot of things that I needed to figure out along the way. So you're saying you're going to start a Little Caesars. I like it. Yeah, possibly. Do it. Do no, it. I, I want to. I want to do it. Twitch, you got to listen to words. And his words are not defiant. Uh-huh. You're right. And like I said, he, he said, has I a, want to. He has a proven track record of not sticking with what he says he's going to do. Well, there's got to be. And some, everybody thinks I'm being mean, but I see it, man. There's got to be some kind of spark that makes him do it, though. Maybe it's you leaving him. Uh, it's very possible. Maybe the day, maybe the day when Tony says, "Roll, you're on your own." You'll go. Oh shit. And Nick. Yeah. Well, you need to find it, I, I, dude. I, I I've been saying this for a while. I think you need to find a woman. I think you need to settle down and uh, start a family, man. And dude, having a having kids changes your fucking life, man. Yeah. And you'd be a good. I think he would be a hell of a dad. And I think that we would see another level of no, role. I think he would be a. He's a good person at heart, but he's just very childish, man. And there's got to be a point where he's like, I'm a man now. It's funny when Sarah first met him. <laughs> She's like, what the fuck? How old is Raul? Why does he act like that? I'm like, baby, he's always acted like that. It's just Raul throwing a temper tantrum. We get used to it. She was like, but he's 40 years old. He shouldn't be doing that anymore. And that's why I try to tell him. I was like, you know, people on the outside are not going to put up with what we put up with all these years. And like I said, everything that we say is for your betterment. And for us to like, just keep pacifying you is not helping you out at all. And like a lot of people are like, why are you bullying him? Why are you? I'm not bullying him, man. I see him. I he says he wants a shit. If don't say you want shit, and then don't try to achieve it. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, he's got to figure it out on his own. There's got to be some sort of catalyst that brings him to that point, because he's not going to do it until there's a catalyst. There's like, there's going to be some kind of spark that that ignites that that entrepreneurial spirit in him, or his spirit to want to do something else with his life. And listen, Raul, I think you're doing fine with your life. I know Tony's hard on you, but I think you're doing great. It's hard, man. Just to fucking get by these days, it's hard. You know, you got a you got a full time job. You take care of business. You have the podcast. You have people with causes around you that you love. You give back to the community. That's better than ninety fucking percent of the people in this world. Thank you. Appreciate that. 
And you but go with your butt. Go with your fucking butt. Out of everything outside your job, what have you done that I haven't started? <laughs> I'm just being real. Let's just be real. Yeah, but he does. But he gets his. But he gets no, behind your causes. We have to push him. Mark and I have to put like especially Mark doesn't want to hurt his feelings. Mm -hmm. But I'm like, what have you done for the charity? Oh, uh, this person wasn't available. I, there's nobody else that can do websites, motherfucker. Yeah, I got a website built. Yeah. And like I said, I've been there where you're at, where you're like, oh, that's just Raul. No, not anymore. Are you breaking up with him live on the air? <laughs> <I'm just> saying, <laughs> if you truly love somebody, you want to see the best for them. You can't always make excuses for them. Yeah, you're right, man. You're right. Is that where you're at, Tony? Are you, are you, have you reached your oh, man, that, like, with like Raul? In the pandemic, like high of the pandemic, I didn't talk to him for three months and we lived together. Really? Yeah. Wow. I just got tired of his shit. Trouble in paradise. And then I've told him, I've said it, I mean, this is all public knowledge, but I'm like, I've told him before, like, if you don't shape up, man, I don't think I could be friends with you anymore. Damn. Like, he intentionally tries to annoy me just to annoy me. He does do that. I can't imagine living with him. It's even worse, man. <laughs> You're not supposed to start agreeing with each other, by the way. Yeah. And I've told him, I was like, go seek therapy, man. Like, yeah. find out what is going on. Therapy's your... good, though, man. Yeah. Dude, I mean, I, I went I went to a shrink after my divorce, boy. It, it was the best thing that ever happened to me, man. Like, she got my shit straight because I was fucked up. But just like what Sarah said about him, he acts a lot younger than he actually is. No, well, you, at some point, you have to start acting like a man. I mean, you know, unless unless that's, unless you don't feel like you need anything else in life. I mean, I think you want to, I mean, as a person, I think you, you want, want to the be most. the best you can be. Yeah, exactly. 100%. You yeah. know, I, no, I agree with both you guys. Yeah. But you say that all the time and then nothing changes. We've had this conversation umpteen times. Well, I mean, to be fair, he did buy a car. He bought a car because I bought a car. That, that, was a, that was a big deal for him because when I first got here, he was rolling around in that 1992 Honda Civic. <laughs> but he bought a car because he came back in town and saw I bought a brand new car. Yeah. Nope, not true. Why'd you go to the same dealership that I went to then? Because I was looking at, I, I can actually show you what I was looking at originally. It was a car like Patricia's. But it was a four cylinder. I didn't want that. And then my brother was like, "You don't. You need to get something like a six cylinder." And then I ended up going across the street, and I saw the Tiguan. I was like, "Oh, that's really nice." And my brother was like, "We're not gonna. Why buy a used one?" When I but my point is, if I had not bought a car, you probably would not have bought a car. Well, remember, right my after. car was in the shop. Your car had got stolen. I know, but it was in, that's why I had to get a new car. Gone. You didn't have a car for a year, dude. And who the hell would steal that car? That's, <laughs> that's what I'm saying, though. But look, if you feel bad about your life, feel bad about the guy stealing the 1992 Honda Civic. But that's the thing. Like, I was waiting on the car to get fixed because I, I don't drive that car ever. Yeah. I don't even drive mine, but I still bought a brand new fucking car. Well, I'm saying I, I'm paying for mine. You didn't even pay for yours. That is true. Thanks, Mom. Dad. Brother. God, you didn't even pay for it. You fucking. I told you I didn't. My God, dude. Now do you see where I'm coming from? Uh, you, I can't you know blame that my parents it, it, bought no, me. My listen, family bought me a car. This, this, you could have said no. This is his family's fault. This is his mom and dad's fault because he was a baby the whole time. Look, if you were a chick, you'd be on OnlyFans showing your butt right now. <laughs> I know it. <laughs> I mean, at some point, you got to take ownership for your life. You're the male version of of a chick showing her butthole on OnlyFans. <laughs> <laughs> and I say that with everything in love in my heart. Thank you. Thank you so much. <laughs> I don't want to see your brown star. Is it purple? <laughs> it's probably hairy as fuck, I would imagine. Probably got toilet paper on there. Oh, God. No. You didn't use this bidet? It's a Do you use your bidet I bought you? Nope. Do you use a squatty potty I bought I you? I do use a squatty potty. <laughs> 
But like the, the so sometimes I can't use a squatty potty because my body's so tight in the morning. Sometimes that the fuck does that mean, dude? Those bidets get are pretty, better. Get a better mattress, man. No, those bidets are pretty nice though. I like those. They are. Like I mean, it's pretty nice. Like that fucking just it just squirts a nice little stream of water in there, and all of a sudden you feel clean. <laughs> I was actually surprised they did not have them in uh, Colombia. Yeah, everywhere else out of the country I've been, they've had bidets or some type of like hand sprayer. But usually, I don't know. Like, I don't I'm know surprised they just didn't have a hole in the ground. <laughs> oh, that house, man! That we house had, was we, beautiful. Oh, that was, house was awesome, dude. That house. Okay, look, I felt guilty the whole time we were there because it was literally the poorest place I've ever been in my life, and we were living in the lap of luxury. And it was like, dude, what a fucking asshole! That's yeah. all I kept on thinking about myself. I was like, what a fucking asshole I am. Because when this. I when I posted the video that. I think it was Art that ma- Art shot the video and then sent it to us in the group, you know, after Tony had posted it. Like, everyone was like, where are y'all staying at? Like, it looks like the slums, like, around us, because yeah. all the houses were still being redone and stuff. Yeah. I was like, I don't know. It's in the, it's called Old City Cartagena, man. Like, yeah. I'm not sure. I think traveling is one of the best things, though, because a lot of people from here don't see that. Oh, man, I'm telling you, I don't give a fuck who the administration is. I don't care if it's Donald Trump. I don't care if it's this guy that can't talk. I am happy to Rel? be American. Yeah. <laughs> I am happy to be American. I don't give a damn. I'll pay all the taxes you need me to pay. I am happy to be here. And we complain all we, we can about Memphis and how bad it is here, but we ain't got it nearly as bad no. as those people there. No, not at all. It's definitely uh, traveling. Like uh, the first time I saw something super poor, we went to Tijuana. Yeah. And I was like, what the fuck is this, man? Mm-hmm. And then I went to Africa, and that was even worse than Colombia. Oh, really? Was it really? Yeah. It like, really makes you appreciate what you have. It does, man. It really does. And like that's what I'm saying. Like, as far as us doing shit, it's like, why would you not do shit when you have all these opportunities that people kill to come to mm-hmm, you for? Yeah. I mean, his family left where they were from to come here. Yeah. You know, so it's just like But and they but they achieved their goal. They own their own business here. Yeah, because they got that immigrant mentality. They and the, and their kids are very successful, minus role. <laughs> Not, I'm just kidding. Do you know what you're successful in? You're successful in friends in life. Thank and, you. <laughs> hey, listen, and just like it, and this is, it's a wonderful life that's more valuable than anything. I don't know. Like I said, I just, I just wish you would just buckle down and just figure out what you want to do, man, and get your shit together. Cause like I said, we don't have very much time in this world. So I don't know yeah. why we would not want to do the most with it we can. Cause I got to say, Somebody's dying right now while we're talking. Yeah, and they would be killing to have every opportunity we fucking have. Dude, I think about that all the time. I, I think about that like when I'm working because I work so much on my business. I think, man, am I going to regret this one day? Am I going to look back on this and go, fuck, I should have spent more time with my kids? Probably. But I try and spend as much time as I can with them when I do have the time with them. Yeah. Because right now it's a, it's a balancing act. Like, where do we want to be? Do I want to be able to pay for their schooling and give them opportunities that I didn't have as a kid? Or do I just spend time with them and relax and not be as successful as I could be? But you don't want them struggling either because they're going to remember that. Yeah. So you know, it's so it's a catch-22, man. Yeah. I'm just hoping Sarah, when she gets her master's degree here in April, uh, you know, gets a really good job and, and makes tons of money and takes care of me like the sugar daddy I should be. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the baby daddy. The baby, baby daddy. daddy. Yeah. So what what is uh what's next for Ruby Red? How are you going to try to scale it? Yeah, well, I mean, we're just dude, 
like it's so crazy. We got into this micro content stuff and like the demand that we've just gotten off of this in the last two months has been insane. So we've had to really switch gears. And that's the part about our company is we're good at being really nimble and being able to go with the flow. And there's not many companies in Memphis that are in the space that we're in right now, creating content, micro content for businesses in Memphis. So right now it's just us. And everybody's kind of following behind or saying they're going to try and catch up. But right now it's just us. So we're just kind of traveling these blue waters together, me and my team. And, you know, I'm hoping to maybe add some more people here eventually. I got to get people with the right mindset. You know, you got to get people around you that want to create and that are talented. Hire Raul. Let him be an apprentice. <laughs> I mean, you could learn something, and then they could help us out possibly with those. Yeah, yeah, yeah sure. you could. Yeah. Are you? Would know. you do it? What do what? I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I couldn't work a role. He's too good of a friend. I couldn't be his boss. There's no way I could tell him what to do. You, you know, punch him in his face. <laughs> yeah, yeah, or that. E- um, either one. I would like to learn video, like how to like you know like we hack a little you know the tripod set up with GoPros or whatever you were ta- we were talking about. Yeah. Remember, like, well, you guys Saturday? should you, should, you guys should uh, add a video element to the show for sure. Like uh, we do that for the the key exchanges in the nine one podcast, which is a big real estate podcast, and it's awesome, man. I mean, he's gotten the show's grown because of it because we're incorporating video. He's able to share that on social media and have advertisers pay for it. Mm. So he's not he's not paying anything out of his pocket for it. He's just making more money. So what do you do? So you do y'all set up a camera and then y'all just chop it up and like yeah. and release micro content. So he he's very organized with the way he runs his show. Mm-hmm. Uh, are you guys having him on? Yeah. Okay. He's cool. coming on. Uh, damn. It's uh, he's he's booked. Dane Williams. This is his name. Uh, he's an insurance agent in town. He's become one of my best friends here since moving back. That wasn't a friend of mine before. Sarah calls him my work husband. Uh, <laughs> and it's just because we're both we're both very geared the same way. We're both very creative people, and we both like making scenes and doing a pulley dynamite skits on that was social great. media. <laughs> And he's crazy enough to do it. You know, last night I sent him a text. I was like, hey, dude, we should do uh, Napoleon Dynamite dressed up as Dahmer (laughs) for our acceptance speech for the Memphis Most. And he's like, no, (laughs) that would not be a good idea. And Sarah the whole time is going, John, that's stupid. No, do not dress up as Dahmer as Napoleon Dynamite. I thought it could be funny, but yeah, you know, I think that's the radio DJ me too. That's like the whole, like take it to the extreme. Mm-hmm. And I got to realize I'm a business person too. So it's probably not a very good idea. So when is that? The, the Memphis the, most? Yeah. Uh, November 17th, I believe. So you, it's because cool. one of the finalists. So two years in two years, we, we made it to the Memphis most. Um, and we're, we're nominated this year for the best videographer in Memphis. Uh, and that's, that's a huge deal, man. You know, for like sure. that's a big fucking deal considering I just picked up the skill. You know, like uh, it's been three or four years that I've been doing videography, that my company has been in existence. And all of a sudden we're nominated in Memphis, of all places, with all these creative freaking juggernauts of people uh, for an award like that. It's pretty, pretty special. Is that kind of like the other one they just had? The Memphis Flyer one? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that, well, that's the Flyer one. So that, that this is the Flyer. Or something? Yeah, yeah. That's that's the Best Flyer. Memphis. And then the commercial appeal is the Memphis Most. Memphis Most. Oh, okay. Pretty interesting how those things work. And, you know, being a radio DJ for so many years, you get nominated for those things all the time and you kind of see the way they work. They're like, "Mm, well, if they pay for a full time advertisement, all of a sudden those people that pay for the full time uh, advertisement usually wind up winning 
But I mean, you can say it's bought, but I've known people too that haven't bought anything and they still went. Oh, so it's kind of political, I guess. Uh, well, they want you to buy. Okay, they want you to buy. As a business owner, they want you to buy a certain level of uh, SEO or uh, you know marketing through the commercial appeal mm-hmm. is what they want from you. You don't have to. Yeah. To go to the event, though, you have to pay for the event. You know, it's like a hundred bucks a person. To but go then to you're the also awards. meeting a lot of other people too, right? It's a networking tool, man, and it's all a, it's all a write off at the end of the day. Yeah. I mean, you know, I, are you guys monetizing off of this? I just got the LLC. Oh, great! Well, that's back great. In the July, well, or something it, like that. all the equipment that you bought this year, you can now claim that on your taxes as a loss, which means you're going to get a big fat check back at the end of the year. That's another great thing about being a business owner. Nobody tells you about. There's a lot of tax loopholes that help you get you on your way. Now, when you get to about the size I am, all of a sudden you're bringing in some fucking money. (laughs) (laughs) And they take it all back. Uh, Yeah. And now all of a sudden I'm realizing, I'm like, dude, I'm going to owe a lot of money this year. So do you just have to show a lot of losses? Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, for this year, I I mean, well, because we had to buy all that equipment to move into the new studio and set up the new studio space. I have about 80,000 in in equipment expenses, but I have a $10,000 camera, you know, like, there's a lot of things that I bought, and this is the key to my success, too, in this industry, is I've always invested in myself. Yeah, 30% of what I make goes right back to the company all the time, and I just keep on buying more and more and more. We get new toys. We get bigger. We get better. And we've gotten to the point now to where our quality of work looks just as good as running Pony or any of the big guys in town. Mm. You know, So I don't charge $14,000 a video. You know, I could, char- I, I could, well, Yet. I don't want to charge $14,000. It doesn't make sense. You know, I'll charge, tw- I'll charge $2,000, $3,000 a video, but I'm not going to go out and charge somebody $14,000 for a video. It's ridiculous. That's a lot of money for, what is it, a minute long? But there's a lot of companies in here, they'll pay it. I mean, and I don't know, man. I don't think that's my business model. And Sarah always is like, why don't you just go after the big fish and do a couple projects instead of going after all the small fish and doing a lot of projects? I think personally, I like to stay busy. I like to push myself. I like to push my creativity to the max and doing this short form content is a fucking goddamn train wreck of creativity. Yeah. Cause you're having to come up with all these pieces. I'm selling 20 a piece right now for $2,000 a month. So basically you come under retainer for me for three months, $6,000 and I create 60 pieces of content for you, for your business. That's what we're selling right now. And we're selling the shit out of it. But it's hard coming up with all that content because I don't really have anybody around me that's helping me. Beck does a lot with Becky Bishop. She's my right hand. Uh, she's awesome. She was nights on 93 X back in the day. Radio people are very predisposed to this kind of business video, especially because so you we're need, used to it. Sorry. So you need more creative people around you kind of yeah, like, yeah, yeah. people can think of. Yeah. Well, creative people that like to work. That's the, that's the key because you got a lot of creative people out there, but there's a lot of creative people that got into radio back in the day because they realized they only had to work four hours and hit the door. Mm-hmm. But that's not the kind of people I want. I want the people that want to fucking change the world and work their ass off and create pieces of content that people go, what the, who made that? You know? And it's funny too, because in the creative business, there's always someone better than you. You can't compare yourself because there's so many people out there that are extremely talented. But like even, uh, one of the people that I'm working with sent me a piece of content the other day and I'm like, yep, can't do that. Congratulations to that guy. He's much better than I am. You're not going to get that out of me. And so you have to know your limitations too. 
Now, is the person that did the better content than you, is he charging more? Oh, I'm sure. Okay. Well, they had like a five-person team putting this together. It was a, uh, it was an investment group out of Atlanta, and they were following these guys around, and they were using all sorts of masks and super dope transitions in this 45-second reel they put together. But it was fucking dope, man. Like, you look at it, and you go, wow, that's good. That's not some kid with a camera phone. Yeah. That's a real problem with my industry, too, is everybody thinks they can do it because they have a camera phone. I got the new iPhone 14 Max. I can do your fucking job. No, you can't. No, you can't. Sorry, you can't do my job. First of all, you probably don't have the level of creativity it takes to fucking make these things happen. Granted, there are a lot of people that can, but it takes work to do these on the front end. Like, if you're going to come up with 20 pieces of ideas or 20 pieces of content for social media, you have to really put yourself into it. It's an investment into your time and your thought. To get those out there. It's so not how, easy. Say, say I was really talented, so creative, and has a work ethic. How would you try to get me to come work for you? I don't know, man. Well, and it's funny, too, because, like, you can't even get creatives anymore for less than $30 an hour. I mean, that's it's, it's just where it's going, you know. Um, I'm bumping back up to $30 an hour. Hopefully, by the time this comes out. I bumped her up. <laughs> if, if you're listening now, Becca, it's coming, honey. Uh, but, you, but, you, but you, I mean, you just can't. And it's funny because I had, uh, I had a meeting earlier this week with this uh, really big real estate agent here in town. And I told him how much it would be to create the content he wanted to create. And it was, it was a sizable investment. Well, the next thing I see on Facebook is all these people tagging me in a post that he made because he's looking for a talented video Photographer slash content creator. And I'm like, they're all tagging me. And I'm like, well, fuck, should I say something? And I did. I probably shouldn't. But I was like, hey, man, if you uh, get any other extra content creators that can create $430 an hour, please send it my way because I'd love to hire them. <laughs> but it's tough, man. It's tough to find people in that field. And, you know, if anybody's listening right now and you're interested in maybe changing careers, maybe a midlife career, dude, I mean, there's so much opportunity in video right now. Everybody fucking needs it. And there's very few people out there that can do it well. So is your company one of the, the big boys? Like, is your no. company, like, are you like positioning no. yourself to eventually be no. like one of the top in Memphis? Yeah, well, I hope so. Yeah. Um, you know, the, the thought is to hopefully get this content creation to a point to where I can get it to science. Um, I have one agent in particular I'm going to be working with here shortly. We haven't announced who this is. Uh, that is going to be my person that I'm creating all of her content for. And what I'm going to do is if this does well, I'm going to go into every single market around us and pick one agent out and offer my services, fly out to them, work two or three days filming all the film that I need to film, send it off to my editors, and then create content. But I'm only working with one realtor per market. So they get my services, which are completely different than what everybody else is doing because it's one guy, I think his name's Tom Ferry, that all these realtors pay all this money to, but he's not specific. He's not market specific. You pay him money. He's telling you the ideas, but everybody else hears the same idea. So it's the same bullshit, right? Mm, yeah. So that's my whole goal is to be market specific with my content. Do you do like those videos like on YouTube where they do the whole house tours? Yeah. Yeah. Like, like the million dollar homes yeah. or whatever. Mm -hmm. I love watching those. The man. one you did for, um, the, for Ashley out there in Eads. Oh, yeah. That, that $4.1 million dude, that's one. that's a yeah. badass house, man. Dude, that was sweet. That was sweet. We spent the whole day out there filming that. Like, we spent a whole day, and I spent a whole day editing that. 
And that's kind of the difference in what I do and what some other videographers in town will do. You know, like a lot of videographers will go, all right, well, I'm going to go film. It'll take two hours. I'm going to go take it home and I'll spend five, six hours editing on it. And here's your product. And they'll do it for, you know, 500 bucks, which I've done before. Don't get me wrong. That's where I started. But like for me, I don't want to do those kinds of houses anymore. I want to do if I'm going to do a house presentation, it's got to be sweet. I want to make it dope. I want it to be like something people see and they go, fuck, that was cool. You've had a good videographer on here before. He does that kind of work to where it's just like, fuck, you see his stuff on the Internet. And you're like, wow, that's really good. Are you talking about uh, Jaime and Andes? Yes, yeah, yes. Uh-huh. He, yeah, in Florida. He flies that drone through everything like Dude, that. Dude, yeah, he's like, he's fantastic, man. Good yeah, stuff. He's really good. Yeah, I saw his stuff and I was like, man, obviously he wants to do this podcast. Fuck yeah. <laughs> and he did. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah. Uh, do you want to ask him your four questions? Why are you friends with Raul? <laughs> Why are you friends with Raul? This dumbass told us a story yesterday. He's like, yeah, I sent to my coworker some porn pictures and one of the guys was offended. <laughs> It's work, <laughs> motherfucker. What do you think they're going to be, man? I assume they were be, could be like guys and not get Dude, offended by it. Hey, guys, so I got to pee real quick. It's HR, man. Got to be kind of yeah. real shit you got to worry about. Sorry. That is true. Yeah, I'm going to go pee, too. What was the investment property? <laughs> After he came on here, you said that you were going to get a flip a house. And I think that was right when I was about to go to Africa. Oh, and I said. I was like, hey, hit up Crystal. And ask Crystal, you know Crystal Mitchell? I don't know. She's a real estate agent, too. Okay. And I was like, hit up Crystal, and she could find you a place. Okay. Because we saw John, actually. We saw uh, Hodge at uh, Pontotoc. That's how the conversation actually started down there. And you're like, yeah, I'm going to do one. I will do one. I need, dude, I would like it for you. Prove me wrong, man. Prove me wrong. I would love for you to prove me wrong. Dude, you have money. How much money do you have? That's personal. But you want to tell everybody else's business. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but Twitch you, made $100,000 on this thing. Yeah, you should invest some of that money, man. You should start finding some investments. Just ask mommy me to touch you an IOU, man. IOU? I know, I'm kidding. Be, thank you. Here you go, my son. <laughs> Alleged son. <laughs> no, she just had sex with a Mexican. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm over this. Oh, Raul, poor Raul. Raul got bashed by Tony again. Raul got beat up. So how often does this happen that he gets beat up uh, by you? On It used to be uh, when it was one-on-one, 99.9% of the time. Poor Raul. Now I try to not, like, when it's a guest, especially with somebody you don't know, I won't say shit. Yeah. But then, like, people, but, will, people will message me. This is what kills me about people. They'll message me about him, but then they won't say it to him. Yeah. I'm like, fucking say it to him, man. I don't have a problem hurting his feelings. Yeah. Like, if it's truthful and it's going to better him, fucking say it. Yeah. Like, I don't know any, like, there's nothing I tell him, like, hey, Raul, go do some coke. Go jump off a fucking building and kill yourself. Everything I say is for the betterment of him. But if you can kill yourself, do it outside, though. I did tell him that. (laughs) That's terrible. That was so funny. He was like, "Eh, you know what? Well, he's like, just do it outside, though. (laughs) I don't want to. Don't do it in here. That'd be terrible. I was like, what caliber bullet do you want? Talking about that, let's go gun range. Yeah, I'd like to, man. I don't have any guns or bullets, but Tony has the guns and bullets. And you have a gun. <laughs> Why don't you buy something? You know what? How do you buy a gun for real? What is the procedure? Go to the website. Oh, you don't have to go a, to like a store? I mean, you can go to the store. You just got to pass a background check, which yeah. is so fucking simple. Yeah, like 
You just fill out the paperwork, right? It's oh, kind of, it's it's fun. Oh, wait, you do the like, thing. It takes less than five minutes to get oh, a background check. Oh, so it's like they, it gets approved that quick or denied? Yeah. yeah. It's fun. And then you it's can, buy, and you can guns, buy any gun you want. Yeah. Pretty much. Well, as long as it's legal. I mean. Yeah. They don't give a shit, You man. can buy a gun, a nice gun for like 400 bucks. Yeah, that's what, what I've spent on mine. What is that gun that you, the black, the handgun? What is What kind of gun is that? I have a nine millimeter. Uh, I have a 40 cal. I have an AR-15. Damn! And I got two shotguns. Bro, I know where I'm coming when the zombie apocalypse happens. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> I want to get a revolver. That's my next one. I bought a case, actually. It's got like a four or five slots, and I have two, so I need to buy three more guns. So what is? why do you want a revolver now? I just want to collect different, oh, oh, different okay. ones. Yeah. yeah. I actually want to have like every caliber possibly like handgun. Because like I said, I got 940. I want to get a 45. I want to get a thirty-eight, a thirty-eight, a revolver. Yeah. Okay. Guns scare the shit out of me, but I think they're necessary. You know, like you have to have one. Yeah, I mean, it's just if shit goes down, you better be ready. I don't just people shit go down. People nowadays just don't give a fuck about anybody, man, but themselves. Yeah, you're right, man. And I saw that the the mayor was talking about how like the justice system and all this shit was going on, but it's just like, dude, do you really want this on your resume? Like, why are you considering about bringing the pension back for these people now when you're about to be out of office? You should have been doing that a long time. Oh, that's right. I read that. Because yeah. they, they can't get police officers anymore. They well, said they're losing you, people to Amazon. Would you want to be a police officer in Memphis? Absolutely no. not. I mean, you got to have either, you got to be really care about society to do it here because you are putting yourself in a line of danger, Memphis. Memphis is dangerous as hell. Well, a couple of my buddies, well, one of my buddies in particular, um, I asked him, I was like, man, you know, all your friends have left. How come you still sticking around? He's like, because what am I going to do that's going to pay me this that I'm going to can do outside of be a civilian? Yeah. I was like, I don't know, man. Like, that's pretty. He didn't tell me exactly what he made, but he was like, you know, he's like almost almost whatever. Well, they, and, they almost make six, six figures that so, they've been well, on for a while. For, right? for a while. Yeah. yeah. Now. And I saw yesterday or Friday. Yeah. Thursday. Her, uh, South Haven is starting out their uh, class with going to the academy at 54. And then after your first year is like 68. That's in South Haven. So why would you even want to be in Memphis when you just go across 20 miles that way and, and get paid that? Well, and you don't have to worry about all the people that just absolutely hate your guts in this city. You know? Oh, cops are hated everywhere. Yeah. Apparently. But especially here, man. I watched this TikTok video and I sent a message to the guy that posted it to come on the podcast. And I was like, he, the video in it was him struggling with a with a guy, right, to put him in handcuffs, and then he started going for the the police officer's gun, and then luckily backup showed up and they were able to put the guy down. He's like, so let me. Ask, so the guy goes, the the perpetrator goes, let me ask you a question. Were you going to shoot me? He goes, if I was able, if not to restrain you, I would have shot you. He yeah. goes, he goes, good because I would have definitely killed you. Damn. That's what the guy said to the cop. Dude, if I was a cop, I'd be so scared. I'd be shooting every fucking buddy. <laughs> well, that's the thing. Like, you, 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 you like, know, you know, like, say, you, say you get pulled over, you. say you pull somebody over for like speeding or whatever, right? Uh-huh. And next thing you know, you walk up to the car and they just, they just blast you. Yeah. Like, dude, it's scary, man. I can't believe these guys do it. Like, the people that do it, they really do have my. Uh, condolences and respect and everything else, man, because that's tough. It's man. a tough job. Yeah. Think about all the PSAD, P, 
PTSD you go through and stuff. Ugh. Like especially you know, here, Memphis, man. I mean, it's just people walk sideways here. They're crazy. It's something about this area that just causes people to lose their fucking mind. Like I was sitting in the back of a cop car a long time ago, and <clears throat> one of my buddies that was a cop at the time saw me. And I was like, you know, my hands are handcuffed in the car. And I'm like, kind of like doing like this with my face, like trying to get his attention. And I'm like, and yelling his name and stuff. And come on later on, I was like, dude, why didn't you, I call him. I was like, why didn't you open the door? You saw me. He goes, I didn't recognize it was you. And he's like, I just saw some black guy in the car, you know, because I had a big beard this time and stuff like that. And I was really dark from the summer. Mm -hmm. He's like, and I, and I didn't open the door because I thought you were going to spit on me. And apparently that's what they do too. They get that spit on all the time. Yeah. Like, fuck that. Fuck that. Yeah. I would be the worst cop. I would just be shooting people indiscriminately. Oh, well, great. Cut that out, too, please. I was going to No, don't me. cut that out. No, please don't. I would I would be a terrible cop. I'd be feel threatened. I'm coming home to my family, <laughs> motherfucker. Yeah. You, you or me? You dying. I don't think I could kill some. I don't think. I don't know. Like, if you have to be in that situation to be able to pull the trigger or not, right? If it's, if it's up to me not going home to my kids... You're going to pull the trigger all the time because yeah. I care about them so much. It worries me, man. Like it keeps me up at night. Like I'm like, man, all, all my family members died pretty young. And I'm like, please, God, don't let me go too young because I do. Not, I, I want to be there for them. It's scary, man, because I had it so late in life, you know? Yeah. Tony, you think you could pull the trigger if like, I mean, I know you probably could, but like, would you freeze? Like, I think I would probably freeze. I knew I would want to protect mine, you know, mm -hmm. but like. I think I probably would have just, I would freeze and not, you know, whatever they say, not be able to do it because I froze. Like you would have flight. Yeah. What it's does that mean? Fight, fight or flight. Fight or flight. Yeah. Yeah. I think before kids, I would have just ran. <laughs> but now I'm like, fuck that. No. But I think that's the people that have that question shouldn't have that job. Yeah. Like if you have to question, would I go the opposite direction instead of running towards something? Yeah, that's not the job. For well, me. and that's what happened with that shooting in Uvalde, man. I mean, all those, those cops, cops they didn't they didn't go in. Like you have to go in at that point, right? Like you signed up for that gig. If it means you dying, I mean, you got to die. You got to go in there and help them. Well, especially when the video shows them in the hallway. Yeah. Oh, and they can hear grounds being shot. Oh, it's terrible, man. And you know nobody's really backing those guys. Like, there's no like. At least I haven't seen like police unions across the country come out oh they did the right call no one's i haven't seen any I thought of that they were told to stand down though by i think the superior. chief told them to stand down but still man you gotta have some kind of chuck norris well in then the, then the chief was like oh i didn't have the full details when i told him to stand down fuck that man and like so like you know as you see these videos of this of the hallway like on you on all over the internet and stuff and all these cops are like at what point did you not think it was your job to go save those children? Well, that one guy, his, it was his wife that was in there that was looking at his phone. He was trying to see if his wife was calling him. His wife was one of the girls, one of the people killed. If that was my loved one, I don't care anybody tells me to stand down. I'm going to go in there regardless. Yeah. You know, like I, I, if, if I die, so be it. I, because if I lose my wife, I would rather be dead anyways. I think the only thing with these shooters, though, is you don't know how many people are in there. It's not like a it's guaranteed that it's this is a bad person and this is just a regular kid at the school because what if you would have shot somebody that was a normal teacher or kid but what about the guy what about having to live your life your whole life knowing that you had you had the opportunity to go in there and didn't take it like can you imagine the remorse that those guys feel right now because it's be pretty bad. well the whole country thinks they're cowards first of all and then you know just their inner turmoil with the fact that they probably could have gone in there and saved some lives i bet you a lot of those guys wish they were dead at this point 
Yeah, I mean that's a that's a job that it doesn't end when you clock out. Mm-mm. Mentally, it's always going to be there with you. That was just horrifying. And you're man. right. They're probably it's they have to live with the decisions they made Ugh. forever now. Ever. Like, I mean, can you imagine? Like, there's been times in my life where I just did something stupid when I was drunk, and I still think about it to this day and go, "You fucking asshole." Like, can you imagine? Like, if there was different kids, level of that. Yeah, there, if there was kids' lives in play, and you just didn't. You weren't brave. Yeah, I definitely think they should hire the the um, not they're not merc- not mercenaries, but like you know guys that are out of the army, like honorably discharged and stuff, and they want to like arm school like teachers and stuff. The teachers not going to be able to fire a gun. No, well, they like, were outgunned. I mean, the guy yeah. had he had a he had a bigger, better gun. Like, would I want to go after Tony if he had his AR fifteen with my little <laughs> LC nine, my Ruger? <laughs> it's got six shots in it. Like, if if it's done, it's done, and yeah. I'm toast, man. I mean, but that's that's what you sign up for when you when you go into that line of business. Like, you have to be willing to put your life on the line to save other people. Yeah, it's sad that we have to deal with that kind of shit right yeah now. yeah because like even like just out, going out and about now you think about it more than before oh god yes like just going to the grocery store just going anywhere in public it's like oh could this be the day that i get <laughs> shot by somebody go over to kroger trinity <laughs> yeah. i had an incident the other day i was going in there man and you had to be so careful in memphis you really do but I was just crossing the street. It, it's obviously a crosswalk, yeah. you know, like that whole area. And this dude punched his engine at me, like was acting like he was going to run into me. And I, I started jogging out of the way and I turned around and I'm like, what the hell? And the guy's like, you better move. And I was like, well, do I talk shit back to this guy and possibly get shot? Or do I just go about my day? Just keep walking. Yeah. And I was like, you dickhead. But okay. Yeah. Uh, because I don't know what you're, you're, you're capable of. Yeah. Do you see that video yesterday of a lady hitting that guy's car? She's like running down the street and she hits it with her hand and then she pulls up in her car and she's like, I'll shoot you. Or she's talking some hella shit. And this is the guy's like, man, what the fuck is wrong with you? Yeah. Is that what you happened here in town? No, I think um, it happened in Houston. Yeah, I saw that. But it's just like people are fucking nuts, man. You don't know if they have something on them or not. It's just you got to sometimes just deal with it, man. Set your pride aside because I'd rather be a, have a hurt feelings and hurt ego than hurt body parts from getting shot. Yeah, no, or not going back to your family. Well, like, yeah. when you get, sh- I'm obviously none of us have been shot. I don't think, but like you don't. It's not your body parts not the same after that, right? Because like there's a piece of it missing. Like, I mean, it's just a wound. It depends on how it, where you got hit. Yeah. I've gotten shot at before. What? No, yeah. oh, you told me this. Yeah. yeah. But I dealt with some pretty crazy kids when I was in my high school years. Bunch of gangbanger wannabes. That's a problem with gangbanger wannabes. They don't give a shit. You know, yeah. the bullet doesn't know that they're a gangbanger wannabe. They'll still shoot you. The 18 year olds scare the hell out of me. We had something like that happen at our apartment in Fort Wayne where there was a kid shot right outside of our house. They were doing a drug deal outside of our apartment. And uh, Dave, my old roommate, Dave came in and woke me up. He's like, he's like, get the hell out of here, man. Some, somebody just got shot at in our front yard. So we go out there and this kid's out there. He's 18 years old and he's bleeding. And I'm like, bro, just sit down. I didn't know if he had a gun. You know, I'm like, just sit down, just sit down on the curb. The, 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 the ambulance has already been called. You could hear the ambulance in the background coming. And he's like, he's like, Oh my God. He's like, it hurts so bad. It hurts so bad. It hurts so bad. And I was like, dude, just calm down. You're going to be fine. The ambulance on its, on its way right now. And I didn't know if he was a bad guy or the good guy or what. Yeah. Didn't know if he had a gun. Cops show up. Kid that winds up dying. Mm. 
And mm-hmm. and he, his parents were like the owners of the big Mexican restaurants there. Yeah. And it was so sad because it was, he was a good kid. He just got in a shady drug deal. And somebody thought they were big shit and took out the gun and shot him and tried to rob him for an ounce of weed. Damn. You know? And um, the kid's dead now. And we watched him die in front of us. It's fucking crazy, man. Is that those apartments y'all lived at in front of the baseball field? Or no. Behind? No, yeah. It no. was a place before that. But... I mean, it's just, that's just, there's no value on human life anymore. Yeah. That's, well, that's fucking depressing. <laughs> that's unfortunately, that's life. Though. Yeah. Let's talk about some good things. Man. When are you guys getting married? Fuck you. <laughs> Tony, ask your questions. <laughs> Where do you think we go when we die? Uh, heaven or hell? I hope. I hope that there's a heaven. I hope I get reunited with my dad. My dad was my best friend. I loved him. I still miss him. I, th- I talk to him every day. I hope we go to heaven. I, ho- I hope there's a. I hope there's a distinction. I hope there's an equalizer somewhere out there that goes. All right, you're a bad person and you deserve this, or you're a good person and you deserve that. Uh, is it going to happen? I don't know. There's definitely something else though, and I think this is just one facet. So you just you just wish there's no like just fade to black. Yeah, I hope not. Yeah, I hope not. I hope uh, that uh, illusion of life after death is a truth. Uh, there's a lot of people I'd like to see again. Do you think the unknown makes this life more special? Because if you knew for sure that there was like an extra afterlife or not then maybe you wouldn't appreciate the life that we actually have. Cause like, if you know, there's like another thing you can go to, it's like, Oh, I can just pass on. It'll be no, okay. I, I think, I don't know, man. Cause like, I think with death, it's like death is hard for the people that are still alive. Yeah. Like the people that live in are the ones that are sad. As far as we know, I don't, I don't, I can't. I'm scared. Of, I'm scared to die. I don't want to die. Ugh. Terrible to think about, but I think it's that that's the thing that we need to do the most with this life that we have. Absolutely, we don't know for sure what is after this. Yeah. We don't know. I mean, we, we don't, don't know what's before we got here. So why do we concern ourselves with the after? Yeah, we should just be concerned about the present. Well, there's an expiration date on this all. You know, like you only have that dash in the middle between your day you're born and the day you die. Yeah. And what is what is the good that you're going to put in the world? What is the good? What are you going to be remembered for? You know, it's funny because I spent all those years on the radio and and doing all those fun things. And the last y'all didn't get to see the incarnation of me growing up on the radio, though, uh, because like I became a lot more than just Twitch on 83X where I drank all the time and was an idiot. Um, You know, I became a real person and I grew and I had kids and we had kids on the air and we talked about things like life and death and losing your father. And those are the things that I hope people will remember me for one day. Maybe my daughters, maybe I could instill something in them that will give them such great character that they'll go out and they'll change the world. Uh, or maybe my business does something that, that that can do some kind of good. We always try and give back. You know, we were uh, heavily involved with the Ronald McDonald House uh, right now. Um, we've also done uh, work with the FedEx Family 5K, any kind of kids organizations. Uh, we try and give back. I just give my efforts and my talent to that. So I think it's important to give back. While we're here. Yeah. Yeah. Like I said, I think we focus. I think you should realize we're going to die. 
But when you realize you're going to die, you should realize that you're alive and that you should do the most with while you're alive. Yeah. Because I think a lot of us just think we're going to live forever. Yeah. Well, until somebody our age dies or somebody close to us dies, then it becomes a reality. Yeah. Up until the other time, you just kind of just pass through life. Because, like, I thought about this the other day. It's like, oh, man, the day blew through really fast. But that's just another day close to your fucking death. Mm-hmm. So it's like you should appreciate those long days. Yeah, for sure. Because there's going to be a, come, a time where we're all going to have something bad happen to us. So it's like, why would you live in a doom and gloom situation or just a you're just right. existing situation if it's inevitable that you're going to die or some of you love? Are you personally die? attacking me right now? <laughs> <laughs> because yeah. I feel I feel like such so many so many days in the week are revolved around stress around me and anxiety because I'm so scared that I'm not going to be able to provide for my family. Um, and that's just really wasted emotion. You're right. Like I need to stop doing that. I need to appreciate the moment more. I need to live in the now. Um, and I'm going to do that. Thank you. Tony. Because you definitely well, are like living how you felt a change once we went to Columbia, as far as like how you saw how poor it was. Oh yeah. And, you know, I mean, it's just, sometimes we just need a, another POV maybe, or an outside looking in to yeah. kind of shift the way we think because, one of the reasons that changed for me is I lived with a guy who died, and he died really quick. So he got cancer. He found out he had mesothelioma in April, and then he died in September. Oh, my God. It's terrible. And so, like, to see him actually deteriorate as a person, yeah. it just made my perspective on life change a lot. Yeah. And he was young when he died. Too. He was you only ever, 30. Have you ever read that book, uh, The Power of Now? Or mm-hmm. it's a, I've heard people talk about yeah, this man. Book. It's really buy it. It's like this. Uh, it's like a, a. I don't know. Like he's like some kind of. Um, uh, uh, what is your religion role? Hindu. Hinduism. He's, he's like some kind of like Hindu guy, and he has the bad, the chimes when he says something. Ding. Mm. But it, dude, I I listened to that audiobook every morning on the way to work when I was still a radio DJ, and it really made me is think. That- Yes, that's it, right? Well, what is the what is the uh, the art? Oh, yeah, you say it. Yeah, dude, check out that book. It's a great audio book about appreciating the space. Eckhart Tolle. Yeah, Eckhart Tolle. Eckhart Tolle. Yeah, Eckhart Tolle is his name. Eckhart Tolle. Um, and that thing is a fucking powerful piece of audio. Do you want one of these books? Sure. It's really cool, man. But it's exactly it's exactly no no no. I've already I've already listened to I would like to listen to it again because it was really good, man, about just appreciating where you're at currently. Mm -hmm. And because we get so wrapped up as human beings about where we're gonna be five, ten, fifteen years from now, there's no guarantee. Yeah. And there's a lot of us that look in the rearview mirror too with our lives and go, Man, I could have done that differently. Mm -hmm. Well, you're just wasting your time now by not living in your now. Yeah, it's like, do you want to live with regrets or live with memories? Mm-hmm. And a lot of us live with regrets. Yeah, you're right. And they focus on the negative energy. Yeah, because like uh, during the pandemic, I'm a big Gary Vee guy. And yeah, I love Gary Vee. He talked about how like people were talking about like they couldn't leave their house and they're upset about their in home. And he's like, well, what if you would have been going to work and you died in a car accident that day? Yeah. So you got to look at the flip side of everything, too, man. Like there's always a what if, but there could be a what if that's a. A bad what if. He's right about a lot of things in life. NFTs, I don't know. <laughs> well, I'm saying right now, NFTs. So I saw a video this morning, actually. Logan Paul paid like seven, almost 700000 for this one really cool NFT, you know, uh-huh. whatever whatever collection it was from. And today it's worth, this was last year he paid 700 and something thousand. Today it's worth $18. Wow. Well, I think the thing with, the, this is the way I looked at NFTs or any type of crypto, you got to look at it as a software instead of a finance, like a utility. It's more of a utility. 
So like all the NFTs I have, it's basically I'm holding an investment in ETH. So if ETH ever does something or because I'm sure that there's going to be a digital currency. Yeah. I mean, well, we're getting it, less and less from cash all the time. Yeah. Um, Memphis Fest, 100 percent cashless. You have to you have to you get a wristband, right? When you buy the tickets and stuff, you, and you have to upload a card. You have to connect the card to it, and then you just go poop. Wow. Poop. Poop. Wow. And because uh, I saw uh, Susan. How do you buy drugs? And that's what I'm thinking. Like, how do you buy drugs and shit? But then, there you go. That's another cash list. You Venmo the drug dealer. Yeah. Right? You just Venmo the drug, or yeah. cash app, or whatever else. Zelle. And like, so they're, they're 100% cash list because my, uh, my buddy, Su- uh, buddy Susan, she posted that. Don't forget, guys. Memphis Fest is 100% cashless. I was like, well, that fucking sucks. Yeah. You know, but like, I mean, like, most people use debit cards. I mean, how often, besides a strip club, do you get cash? I never wear, I never have cash. Not yeah. anymore. Yeah. yeah. You know, like, it's I have, very I, rare. I have some cash right now because I returned a cake shell and the liquor store gave me 50 bucks for it. I mean, like, outside of that, I think maybe two or three weeks ago. You know yeah. I mean, like, I got pesos when we were out of town. Yeah. But I mean, other than that, like, no, I hardly ever have cash in my wallet. No. Who needs it? But I, I agree with you with the digital currency. Like, there's going to be some sort of major shift. Yeah. But, you know, the thing is, is everybody bought in on it when it was really high. You know, like, it would just it felt like it was going to skyrocket up to 100000 yeah, per Bitcoin. And, uh, you know, a lot of people lost their ass in that. Well, well that's also the thing. Like, if you, it, I was talking to my boss, Pino, about this. He's like, you know, it's one of those things, if you don't have the extra money, yeah. don't. Don't play in it. I got out, dude. I got out just in time. Like I was like, I I probably lost maybe all said and done a thousand dollars. But the problem was, is I had like 10,000 in at one point and I would wake up and if it was down, I could feel my energy just Mm. sink. Oh, so you had that much money into it? Yeah. Damn, dude. And my my heart would drop. Like when it dropped a thousand dollars, I'm like, oh my God, I lost a thousand dollars today. It's the worst day of my life. And I was like, this is very unhealthy for me. Is that why you sold it all? Oh, I sold it all. Yes, thank God. Well, no, I had five hundred dollars in in Ethereum or yeah. whatever it is, and it's down to two hundred now. I looked at it the other day. I just forgot about it. So why did it? Why did all this? this why did all all of it? Uh, why did all of it crash so bad? Biden's America. Hell yeah! <laughs> should have yeah. kept Trump in. Yeah. Hell, you don't like mean tweets? I like mean tweets. Yeah. I like cash in my dang four hundred one k too. Right. But like all of a sudden, NFTs were like not even talked about anymore. Yeah, like, you know. Like, well, like, it got saturated because a lot of people were doing some shady shit. There were a lot of influencers that were scamming mm-hmm. their their people. Like that Lana Road, she got into a uh, NFT space, and then they rug pulled the people. Wow. Did so it? I mean, I just it's just greed, man. That's the frauds rampant. Yeah. I mean, think about like when COVID happened. People did COVID scams. Yeah. The hurricane's happening now. Somebody's going to try to scam people for that shit. And I'm telling you, man, all that, all that shit that those people did with those PPP loans. Yeah. You better get fucking ready because those 87,000 IRS agents are coming after your ass and I'm talking to you. 100%. They are definitely, I mean, they're they're coming for their money. The government's coming for their money. Well, if if you're firing people and if you're making people take mandatory pay cuts in a time period where you're supposed to be supporting those families with the government's money and then you don't spend it at the end of it and you pocket it, that, my friends, should be an offense that is federal. You should go to jail for that. So pretty pretty much the PPP loan was money 
given by the government to the business to, keep to people, pay the employees, to right? To keep people operating. So they, it wasn't for like renovations. Yeah. And see, and that's what a lot of people were using that for money for too. Oh, dude. There's, but there was people that were like freaking saying they owned like 18 businesses and they didn't own shit too. Mm. I mean, the fraud was rampant. And I, I'm telling you, man, that's why they hired all those agents. And if you were a part of those PPP scams, they're coming. They're coming for you. You're going to you're gonna owe the IRS money the rest of your life. Yeah. Yeah, greed is real, man. Yeah. And that's why they're arming those agents, too. <laughs> oh, yeah, because I saw, like, why does the IRS agent need a, a handgun or whatever? I was like, because shit's about to get crazy. Yeah, it's about to get crazy. I'm scared, man. They're pretty much going to be a cop. I'm scared. Well, and I'm scared as a business owner, too. Like, I had to get an accountant and, like, really have him delve into stuff. And he's like, bro, he's like, you got to get take better care of your shit. And I'm like, okay, I didn't know. But you know what? I didn't know does it count with the IRS. Yeah. They don't give a shit. And they're coming after, it's not just big businesses. They're going to be coming after middle-sized businesses and small businesses like myself. So, you know, it, you better make sure you're paying because they didn't hire the 87,000 people for nothing. I think about those PPP loans, I saw that they gave a lot of it to bigger people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And not the little people who got fucked. That's why a lot of places went under. Yeah, man, it's crazy. Uh, and there was just so much misuse there, you know, I and not to talk bad about my former employer because I really do. I, I love them. I would have freaking taken a bullet for that company at one point in my life. But when I found out that news and it just, it shook me, I was so upset. Did that, they push you in a direction you wanted to go anyways though? No, yeah, no. I mean, thank God they did. I mean, cause I probably wouldn't wind up where I, where I am now. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, I would never do that to one of my employees. Yeah. If an employee came up to me and said, Hey, I need help. I have two kids at home. I can't take this pay cut. Could you please help me? There's no way in hell I would say no. Yeah. yeah if so I had to pay it myself, there's no way in hell I would say no. Because they definitely have the money. You know, they, well, they had to. I'm not, I'm, yeah. I'm not going to talk anymore well, it's, about it. It's like uh, when I worked at Ajax, the Miller house here in town, Like I went to them and said, hey, I want $175 more uh, a paycheck. Or sorry, $150 more a month. So $75 per paycheck, right? Mm-hmm. And the response I got back was because I was killing it out there in Raleigh, right? And I was like, you know, I think I'm doing a really good job. I think it's time for me to get a little raise, and this is what I want. And um, so the owner was like, yeah, absolutely. You know, when once this other guy gets back in town, we'll we'll knock it out, you know, and get you set up right. When that guy got back in town, he was like, hey, uh, we're not going to be able to do that. And I know how much money they're fucking making. Yeah. You know, and I'm like, okay, that's fine. And I had already, already like kind of stepped out, like put my foot out the door already. And I was just waiting for that to be confirmation because mm-hmm. I knew he wasn't, unless the owner said 100% yes, I knew it was going to be a no. So I was kind of already like, okay, well, deuces. I'm well, you got to take care of your people. Like oh, if, yeah. if somebody's taking care of you, especially at this day and age, you better take care of them because the quality of workers has gone to shit. Yeah. Everybody, every company I talk to right now, they're, one of their biggest needs is hiring because nobody wants to work. I saw this video. This guy's like coming in late, like 30 minutes late. He's like, yeah, I'm coming in late because I'm a good employee and they can't find anybody else. Yeah. Which is essentially true because like sometimes you'll go somewhere. And this is I find fucked up too. like restaurants where they overstaff or understaff people or they're not staffing enough people. Well, like cut the people coming in or have the management help out. Yeah. Yeah. It's really bad because I saw a guy, a guy that's been in the restaurant here for a long time, wrote something, an a, a article about this. He goes, it's not that the restaurant is understaffed; it's overbooked, booked to where you can take care of the people you book you with your staff. Yeah, stop being full to the gills if you don't have enough staff. 
stop booking where you, you can't handle it. That's when the servers and and well, cooks and everybody that works in the restaurant is getting overworked. Yeah. If you have seven people and you're supposed to have 10 servers, you have to cut some reservations. And if you keep me hundred percent reservation with seven people, that's your fault yeah. as a shitty business owner that, and don't blame it on the people getting mad or anything else. It's your fault. You're making your servers and your people work so hard. Yeah, it's just it's a weird time we're living in right now, man. It's like I was watching the thing about how like the water in fucking Tampa just went away for oh a yeah bit. yeah I was like what the fuck that's is crazy this the shit? hurricane pulled the water out yeah, like what the then, hell and then I saw today in Miami like there was people like on like a little bridge thing and they got swept into the fucking ocean because the water was just like being like more insane than it's ever been down there wow like I said we lived through some wild shit man yeah and for us to still be thriving is just impressive. Yeah, man. I, I'm, it kind of concerns me for the uh, what's going to happen to our kids, you know? What's, yeah. what, what are their kids' kids going to do, you know, well, if it keeps going the way it's going? Apparently, we're going to run out of Social Security money before we even start collecting on it. That's why I'm going to get rich or die trying. That's right, baby. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and some of the celebrities got PPE loans. Tom Brady. Yeah, that's crazy, Reese Witherspoon man. And for, for, their, for their business that are making millions of dollars. That's crazy. Like, how do those, pe- those people Chloe, deserve PPP loans? That's what I'm thinking. Like, Bro. How did you, how did you even, how did you even become eligible for the loan is what the main thing is. You know, I'm like. Yeah. Well, they, they had, had a better pipeline. They probably have a better accountant. Dude. Well, and it, all you had to do is show you had people on staff and the government was, they were not doing checks at all. They were just like, they were writing checks. They weren't doing checks on who you had on staff. They're just yeah. going, all right, there you go. And guess what? It's forgiven in nine months. That's so crazy. It is crazy. And then you had a little mom and pop coffee shop down the street that owes a million dollars. Yeah. Because, you know. And there's a lot of people that closed up. And there's a lot of people. You know what's the most impressive thing about that whole thing was that a lot of people realized their worth. It took that for them to realize I'm worth more than that. And that's why restaurants are having such a hard time staffing people right now. I was talking to a friend of mine that's a big insurance agent in town, and she only hires new insurance agents through people that she meets at restaurants that are workers there because they're so good at it because they'll go up and talk to anybody. They're used to working their asses off. And, you know, they'll show up because they're just happy not to have to wait tables anymore. Mm. So, and that's kind of what I was thinking. I mean, I had dinner at, uh, uh, what is it, uh, La Hacienda last night, and our waitress was a freaking rock star, man. She was not only waiting our table, but also bartending. And I'm like, man, I need to get this girl on my staff. So that's what I'm going to start doing. I'm just going to go to restaurants and start finding. Yeah. (laughs) Listen, I got a better way. That's not a bad move. Well, you know, like in an Amazon, up their money they were paying, and a lot of the restaurant people when they were at work went to Amazon, and now they're making so much money. That they're never going to go back to the restaurant. Well, industry. once you get off that uh, that nightly cash, because when I left here at ninety three X, I couldn't get a job, regular job here, because I was twitched from ninety three X. Where the hell am I going to go work? Mm-hmm. You know. So I moved to Little Rock and I started waiting tables at a place called Chalbachi there, and I was bringing in three hundred, four hundred dollars a night cash. I was bringing more money working there as a waiter as I was as a DJ here. And it was freaking intoxicating, man. It was really hard to let that go because you get used to that cash every yeah. night, you know? I was talking to one of our friends the other day. She used to be a bartender, and now she's working somewhere else, completely out of the industry. And she's like, the one thing I do miss about it is the fucking money. She's mm-hmm. like, I'm broke as a bitch now. Yeah. But when I was bartending, 
I was making four or five hundred dollars a shift sometimes. You always you know? had cash. Yeah. But I, see, like I think sometimes when people make that quick cash, they don't save it because they think they're oh, going to be there. Well, we always would go out after after our shifts and then go to the bar and blow a hundred bucks if, every night. You if know, you made you know. five, if you made four hundred, you probably and when you got home, you probably had three. Yeah. Some, you know, about that because you were tipping cash back to the bartender. You were getting served. Well, by, and you know. and you know the thing is, is when you're working in a restaurant, you're just having a good time too. Party. Like, yeah. I mean. It was fun. Uh, it was definitely a good part of my life, even though it was really hard at first to take that swallow that that humility pill of oh I'm Twitch for ninety three X and now I'm waiting tables. The worst was when my ex fiance came in, and she goes, "Oh look everybody, how cute! My ex fiance is over here waiting tables now." And I was like, "You fucking bitch! <laughs> I will fucking damn. kill you." <laughs> Well, at least she didn't sit in your section. Yeah. She's like, oh, this is cold. Oh, no, she did. did. No, no. She, oh, they she, did? she came in another night and she thought it was funny. I guess she was like, oh, now I can have my ex fiance wait on me. And uh, yeah, shut that down. We shut that down. Is that where you became friends with Clay? No, we were. We, he was the one that got me the job there. He was like, you need to get the fuck out of Memphis because back then we were rolling with some dogs up in Memphis, man. I mean, like, we, I knew some things I probably shouldn't know about people. And the radio business is probably the one thing that kept me safe. And once I had that little security blanket taken off of me, all of a sudden I was exposed. Mm. And maybe I knew too too many things about too many people, (laughs) you know? So it was a good idea for me to get the hell out of town. And now they're just fun stories from back in the day. (laughs) Is Clay going to come and visit soon or what? Yeah, man, he got married. Yeah. Yeah, he got married. He's a... He's uh, got a, a stepson now, and he's doing well. So I'm happy for him. He's a uh, preacher, Clay, now. Yeah. I remember I was like, hey, Clay, I think um, we're going to go to this bar or whatever it was. And he was like, I'm not interested in that, man. Yeah. I'm like, oh, okay. He's living a different kind of life now. Yeah. But, you know, good for him. And whatever you need to do to get by, right? For sure. Tired. Hungry. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> so, John, um, Twitch, Twitch, Twitch. You can call me John. No, we don't go. We don't go like government names around here. Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) It's been a pleasure, guys. You know, I mean, it was uh, what? It's been two years, and I refused to do the podcast with you. You guys asked me to do it several times, and I declined because, first of all, I was down in a place to where I felt comfortable coming on the air and talking about my life. I was so scared that I was yeah. going to be a failure that it took a certain point. And I told you this a couple of times, Roll. I was, yeah, like, yeah, I was yeah. like, look, I'm not going to come on there until I know that my family's secure and we're, we're doing what we need to be doing to TCB. And now the fact that we're taking care of business and I feel a little more safe in what it is we're doing and a little more confident, I felt it was okay to come on and, and talk to you guys and tell these stories and thank God that everything happened the way it did. And you're right, Anthony, I need to let go of that resentment of what happened to me in Fort Wayne and move on with my life. I, I need to stop looking at that rearview mirror and thinking of the negative, of the hurt that yeah. was experienced there. And I need to start focusing on the positivity of what my company's doing and what, you know, we're accomplishing and looking forward and enjoying this moment and not getting so anxiety ridden by my family, you know, and supporting and making sure that I take care of that. So thank you. It's actually been quite cathartic being on uh, the show with you guys. You're so welcome. what is your advice for people? My advice? Mm-hmm. Uh, does anybody want my advice? I don't know if anybody wants my advice. Uh, my advice would be to live your life to the fullest every day. Live your life for yourself or whatever it feels that you care for in life. 
my advice is to not waste your time spending your time on unworthy people or businesses. You are capable of so much more than what you think. When the chips are on the line and your back's up against the wall, if you bet on yourself, you will always win. That's good. I like that. I, you already answered one of the questions, so I'm not going to ask you that one. Which one was that? The mark, because he's oh, like, yeah, basically yeah, his yeah. kids are going to be yeah. Your, yeah, in your business. Uh, the other thing is, who would you like to give flowers to? Raul, because he got beat up today. <laughs> <laughs> ah, I'm used to that. No, my, my wife, because she is, uh, dude, she, we touched on a little bit on, on the, uh, the show. She really has been the person that has pushed me forward and propelled me. Uh, to the person I am right now. I think you need somebody in life that kind of kicks your ass every now and then. And she does kick my ass, but it's always in a good way. Yeah. And we both push each other to be the better version of ourselves every day. So I have a question. Yes. Do you, okay. What's something on your bucket list? Bucket list. Uh, surf North shore, Hawaii. I don't even know if I could get up on a surfboard anymore, but I forgot about that. You used to have that big ass surfboard and you're living. It. I still have it, man. Do you really? Yeah. Yeah. I love surfing. I, I mean, I'm fat now, so I probably can't get up, but no, I love, I would love to surf North shore Hawaii. Um, I, I, you know what? I started my own business. That's fucking cool. That's something yeah. I always wanted to do. I've always wanted to be a, a pilot, but I don't think my wife would let me do that with two young babies at the house. So I think I've I think I've I've lived a pretty damn good life at this point. You really have. Yeah, I'm pretty happy with the way things have gone. There's been some bumps in the road, but in the end, uh, you know, I'm doing what I want to do, and I have people worth living around me, and try and be a better person every day. I think that's all you can do, right? How much does having kids change your mindset? One hundred eighty thousand percent. Well, do you say it more that than? Even just your wife? Everything. Really? It, it's the biggest game changer you'll ever have in your life. As soon as my daughter came out, my whole perspective on life changed. And I'm not saying that to be corny. I'm not trying to say that because I would think I want to be considered to be a good dad. I'm saying that because once you have a child, you realize that everything that you did before that child doesn't matter. What matters is making sure that person has an opportunity to live their life in a loving environment and go on to achieve their own dreams. And it's such a powerful thing Mm -hmm. being a father. It's just overwhelmingly consuming to you as a human being that you just want to see your kids succeed. We do. I've been doing some work for Ronald McDonald house and seeing what those families go through there with the St. Jude kids. um, It's just, it's a nightmare for them and everybody tries to put on a, a strong face. And it's one of the most uh, heroin things that you will ever see uh, out of people that there's, there, there's so many people that are, are, are faced with such adversity uh, and such an unfair thing, but they, uh, they managed to get through it. And it just gives me um, the hope that that never happens to my family. Um, it gives me a hope for mankind that there is better things out there. We touched on a lot of bad things today uh, about a lot of bad things that happen to people, but there's a lot of good things and there's a lot of uh, helpers out there that try and uh, help people. And as long as we try and help people, I think we as humanity will succeed. 
And that's why I think there's there's better there's more good people than bad people out there. Oh, 100 well, percent. Yeah. Yeah. And we need to focus in on that a little bit more. It needs to be brought to light a little bit more. And that's why I volunteer my uh, you know, what I do with video to uh, I didn't know. I didn't know. I didn't know that that was going on there. I didn't know that those families were going through that stuff. I didn't know that there were angels on earth that took care of those families, uh, you know, and uh, it just makes me very, very happy that my kids are healthy. <clears throat> it makes me very happy that I'm able to at least try and give back to somebody that deserves it more than me. That, um, what y'all donated all your time and resources to earlier is what is that what Marcus did with the Ronald McDaniel house? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay, yeah, okay, okay, okay. Yeah, y'all so, did all the video and stuff, right? No, yeah, we did all the video for them. Uh, and right now we're involved in a project with Ronald McDonald house. We started working with the Roadshow BMW, uh, and I went out there. And I, if you've never been to the Ronald McDonald house and had a chance to go in there and, and see some of the things, uh, they have in their border and they have these pictures of these kids, and it's all kids that they lost there. So they go into that boardroom every day. With that on their their plate, yeah, that's why they fight, you know. Um, <clears throat> and then you see the kids' handprints, and then some of them say "day to day to, day to death." And these kids are seven or eight years old, you know, and they never had a chance to live. And we talk about the dash, we talk about the time in between, the fact that we get to experience that as grown men, as grown adults, really it reinforces the fact that you need to make a difference while you're here, right? Yeah. Yeah, because we talked about this before one time, like about people complaining about getting older. It's like, it's a blessing You're, to get old because yeah. a lot of people don't reach this age. Yeah. Good for you. Yeah. Talk, his, talk to some of those parents of the St. Jude kids. See yeah. how they feel about it. Because like every time I go to Kroger, it always gives me like a kind of reset that I'm if I'm lucky enough, I'll be their age one time, you know. But as of right now, I see how they're struggling. So there's no point of me complaining about something when these people are, you know, at the tail end of their life and I'm relatively healthy. Yeah. And, you know. No, you can still go out in there and, and do things that uh, can change the world. You know, we yeah. and you can change the world. It only takes one person. Mm-hmm. You know, you, yeah. you, you have no idea the profound effect you could have on someone with your actions or with your words. Sometimes just a simple nod of encouragement. Or uh, you can do it from the right person can propel you into things that you didn't think were possible. And you never know who you're inspiring or helping out, even if they may not say anything. To you. Yeah. Well, you know, and I've gotten a lot of that just being on the radio when I was there in, in Fort Wayne. I've had people reach out to me and say, man, I started do, I started going to school because of you. I saw how you were doing and I saw that you were doing well. And I decided to do the same in my life and I'm getting a master's degree. That's cool. Yeah. You know, that's when you know you you did leave some sort of mark. Mm-hmm. You know, that's good. Well, it's like when I talk to people, like when I become, when they actually accept my uh, message on Instagram and stuff, I'm on them as a guest or whatever. Uh-huh. Like, well, tell me about your podcast and, you know, tell me about what you guys talk about and stuff. I'm like, well, pretty much we ask for you to come on and just share your life. Yeah. Because I don't know what you're going to tell me on the podcast that somebody else might be going through. Mm-hmm. And if, if, if somebody's listening and they're going through that yeah, and what you've gone through and how you got out of it, it might help them. Yeah. If it doesn't help anybody, so be it, but it might help one person and all that matters. Yeah. And you know, and they, and they're like, damn, I never thought about it like that. Yeah. 100%. When you want to do it, you know, kind of thing. And I'm just like, you know, Somebody's, we don't know, like you always say, we don't know what anybody's going through yeah. inside. We can see like, you know, like, like Robin Williams, happy as fuck. Mm-hmm. And, you know, uh, but like, and that's what I tell him. I was like, we don't know. And if somebody's listening, 
it helps one person or a hundred people. Yeah. So be it. You never know. That's awesome. And and I'm glad you responded to my DM and you know, let's, let's, let's set us up. Yeah. And there's messages I think that are out there that, that are meant to hit us for a reason. There was a, there's one time in particular until the story real quick. I was uh, the night jock in, in Little Rock. This is before I got the job in Virginia. I was still young. I was making $13,000 a year full time on the air. I, I was eating beanie weenies and ramen noodles for uh, breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Um, but this guy came on the radio, and it was like on some oldie station. And he goes, young people of the world, listen to me now. He was like, right now, you have the opportunity to be anything you want to be. And it was like a, somebody was it was like somebody was speaking directly to me. With so little effort these days, you can be so much. When I came home from World War II, everybody was fighting their asses off to make it. He's like, right now, you guys don't need any work ethic to become something. He said, so young people, if you're listening to this now, heed these words, go make something of yourself. And it was like a fucking megaphone in my ear. And I was like, is he talking to me? Yeah. And how did I hear that message randomly? It was divine. Yeah. It was, it was there for a reason, like you said. But, but and that goes to the thing, though. You never know who's listening to you and who you're going to touch. Especially doing this. It, on a podcast, you never know what it is. There might be one thing that you say that sticks with somebody for the rest of their, of their life. And it's such a powerful tool. I, that's why I miss radio. But you're on the radio now. Yeah, but I'm on uh, the weekends. I work one to four on Saturdays, and I got to be funny in 25 seconds. So it's a little different than having a morning show. I love having a morning show because it allows you to open up a lot more as a personality and show your true colors. Um, And that's one thing I was kind of missing at 93X that I wish they would have given me an opportunity to do. Uh, I was going through a battle with addiction while I was there at 93X, um, and I went to go get some help. And it was encouraged by upper management that I continue drinking. What the fuck? Yeah. Because it, what's your job when yeah. you had remotes and well, stuff? Well, one of the consultants came in and he goes, he goes, um, is Twitch on the wagon? And my boss was like, yeah, yeah. He, uh, he put him, he put himself there about a month ago. He goes, yeah, he should really get off of that. Damn. What? Yeah. And then that was right about the time that Stern quit and they brought in that, uh, the, the Rover morning glory show. And, I really think at the time, like if they would have got me right then when I, when I was sober, I could have transitioned to that morning show and there could have been a lot more of me that was exposed than what I was given at the time. All they wanted me to do was one faceted. They wanted me to be the party guy. They wanted me to be Maxim magazine on the, on the radio. That's what they told me, you know? And when I was trying to get sober, they discouraged that. Fuck. But and you think your company fucking cares about you? Nobody yeah. cares about well, you. Well, because you. you were the number one. You had the number one drive, right? The yeah. Well, one, we were afternoon. What? I was afternoon drive, but dude, nobody fucking cares. Like your boss doesn't care about you. This is what I started to realize as my. And if I could go back and tell my twenty year old self one thing, nobody's gonna care about you like you care about you. So take care of yourself. Start your own business and do your own thing. Well, it's like those. You know, it's like the um, Jordan Peterson. All of them talk about this. You know, well they say. Your replacement is already waiting for you to die. Yeah, no, like, you know, or no, so, I'm yeah, not, no, I'm no. Not before, before you're in the ground, they're going to have a, a a job listing on Indeed. Well, it's like I train these young guys, right, to do what I do, uh-huh. and I'm just looking around when I'm training. I'm like, am I training my replacement? 
I'm just looking because you know they like they're like 22, 23 years yeah. old. I'm 20 years older than all of them. Yeah. I think I'm like the second oldest on the team, you know, on the sales team. And I'm like, I definitely because one 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 of my accounts made a joke. This manager at Circle K, she was like, "Oh, is that your replacement?" I was like, "Fuck you!" And then she I was like. I mean, he's the new version of you. Look how young he is. I'm yeah. like, damn, bitch. Yeah, you got something there. Well, <laughs> she's probably right. Yeah. And I'm in agreement with Tony with that. Maybe it's time for you to start thinking about finding something that is Raul's and not something yeah. that is just, you're working for. Not that your company's a bad company. It's But, dude, it's but a lot, it's, it's a know, lot of I, physical labor. And how many years are you going to be able to throw around cases of beer? I don't know, man. I was pretty tired the other day. I was like, God damn, man. Mostly, I'm tired, boss. <laughs> I'm, t- I'm tired. I'm tired. I'm tired, boss. I'm tired of people being mean to each other. Yeah. I was like, damn, man. But but every time they send me somebody new to train, I'm like, that's what the first thing that goes through my mind is what she said. You know, I was yeah. like, damn, maybe she shit. Next, Tony, it all comes back around to you. So going to your post, what are you going to do from now until the rest of your life? I mean, come. if your post was sincere, you it should was. have had some actions. You should be able to talk about it. You shouldn't have to be like, let me get back to you on that. I'm definitely, you know, knowing, I definitely know that I do have to make change in pretty much all aspects of my life. And uh, I'm working, I'm going to start, I definitely am working on it for real. Because I know, I know like, being a child, like, you know, like you said, Sarah said, how old is he? You know, that, that's not a good, you know, at 42, that shouldn't even be a question. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm immature as fuck. I know that. Well, and, it's funny to I, us because you're our friend. Yeah. But. And I know that I need to change that because outsiders viewing that, like, damn, who the fuck's that loser? <laughs> you're not. No, I don't think that. Well, you know, like, yeah. but it's like, you know, I don't want to be portrayed for the rest of my life as, oh, that's the party guy, you know? Yeah. You that, don't want to be the joke. Yeah, exactly. Well, and you're capable of much more than that. I do believe he, deep down, he is capable. Yeah. You know? He's but just like, been babied. Oh, 100%. <laughs> and, you know, I'm not, I cannot deny that. Yeah. You know, my parents, my family bought me the car because she thought that I needed a car after the car got stolen finally, you know? Because the whole thing was, I don't have a car. And I don't, I don't need a car because if we went somewhere, I would just catch a ride with Tony or somebody like, you know, or, or somebody, maybe Nick came by. Or no, you would borrow my truck. <laughs> I borrowed your truck a couple of times, man. Chill out on that. Both of y'all. Two he couple didn't have but, to let uh, you uh, borrow it. Here comes a roll temper tantrum. Yeah. I can no, feel it. No, there it no, comes. No, it's, here it, it comes. It, it, see, Twitch, if, <laughs> I were, <laughs> if I were to say, why are you catching an attitude? I'm not catching a tone. I'm not. Twisted, he does listen, not have a as a as a forty year old man, you should not have to ask another man to borrow his car ever, ever. I didn't have a vehicle. As a forty year old man, you should never have to ask another man. That's like you, you just don't do that. Did I help you break down your fucking playset thing? Oh, uh, now it's all. What did I do <laughs> for you? Did you see that video when he helped me take down that playset? Yeah, that's hilarious. So we had him on, we had him on a riding lawnmower, and this idiot. Uh, gunned the riding lawnmower and got thrown off. I cannot believe we didn't make America's Funniest Home Video. It's rigged, man. That shit is rigged. Because oh, did y'all actually send it in? Yes, I sent it in. <laughs> uh, he's hilarious. Like, he's like, I'm definitely sending. I thought he was kidding, but he actually said, but yeah, I was like. Maybe we should upload to TikTok. I mean, yeah, dude. Oh, dude. Do you, we should upload it to do TikTok. Do you have TikTok? Yeah, like, yeah, your yeah. personal TikTok? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Put it on there. Send it to Tony, too, so you can put it on there, too. Yeah. Like, I would, I just went flying. Yeah, I remember. <laughs> it was funny. Dude, we were out there for hours trying to knock that thing down. But get back to what are you, what change are you making? 
I mean, that's a broad statement. I know I need to make some changes. What changes do you think you need to make? I'm going to work on you personally. What do you think? Like not me or somebody else saying, what do you think that, okay, maybe this is something I need to work on. Cause I know there's stuff that I need to work on and that I've worked on in the past that I don't do anymore. Uh, definitely change my, um, the way like I drink for one, I don't know what it's called, but maybe binge drinking. Yeah. Uh, maybe not binge drink. Um, that's definitely, and it'll definitely improve other aspects, you know, um, work on my communication skills with people. I've definitely started looking people more in the eye now. I thought, was that was it with you? I was talking about, huh? Was it with you? I was telling this. I was talking to somebody, and we were all around. I was like, I really have a really hard time looking people in the eye when I'm talking to them. Or oh, I think maybe like, when uh, we had our friend on. Oh, okay, but like so, like I've definitely went. So like I've noticed even um, when we went to lunch with Kelly last Sunday. Like when she was talking to me, I was looking right at her, you know, instead of looking around like this, you know, because. Uh, when I do that, it's my body language implies that I'm not giving a fuck of what anybody's saying mm-hmm. because, and it's not, it's not true. I do care what people are telling me. And then like, um, so that's something I need to work on. Like my body language, instead of being slouched when I'm talking or like leaning or like whatever, when I'm talking to people, uh, that's another thing I've been working on. And I actually have, I think I've made a lot of stride on that already and just, just be all around bets better per person to friends and, or other people. Like I saw somebody at Michael's earlier today. They were sitting down, like you know, like where the cart was, like we put your cart, like grab a cart when you're shopping at Michael's. Like this older guy, and I was just walking by. Everyone's grabbing carts, no one's saying shit, you know. He's just sitting there, like like not on on the ground, but like on like a bench. I was like, hey, how you doing? You all right? And he was like, oh yeah, 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 I'm good. I'm just waiting on my wife. I don't feel like walking around, and you know, and things like that. Just being a better person, and I think. Just improve. And I didn't have to say shit to that guy, obviously, you know, but it, I think being nice, that's, you know, there's no reason not to be nice. Well, I, like I said, I don't think there's anything wrong with your heart. I just think that you just need to focus on being less of uh, immature and yeah. be more mature. Like, because uh, like I said, there's, you do a lot of good, but then you'll shoot yourself in the foot with some of the other bullshit that you do. And it kind of like, makes people recoil and they're like, I don't want to deal with him anymore. Yeah. Like I said, we don't have very much time, man. So it's like, you know, you have to, oh, yeah. shit you got to fucking work on, man. And the thing like the summers, you know, when you start thinking about it, you know, that you know what that is. Hmm? So there's this thing that, you know, this guy's brought up this point on, on, on where he said it at. And it was, how many summers do you think you have left? Not how many years mm-hmm. or how much time. Yeah. How many summers? Yeah. And and Dan was like, "Damn, it's a pretty deep way to look at it, right?" Because yeah. I'm 42, you're 50 something. I don't even know. 46, bitch. <laughs> Close enough. 50. Yeah. Okay, but like, if you live long enough, you'll be 46 too. So yeah. Make fun. But like, you know, I didn't have my first kid till I was 42, though. Yeah. It's it, like it's like one of those things. Like, we're all pretty much the same age, right? How many long ago do we have? We have 20 years, mm-hmm. 20 more summers. I mean, yeah. 30 more summers. If you're lucky. Yeah. You know, like you don't, you never know. Well, I just think there needs to be some sort of catalyst. There needs to be some kind of spark that goes off. I think for me, it was when my dad died um, and Sarah and I were just dating at the time. And I just looked at her and I was like, I want a family, you know, like I, I don't know why I, I, I maybe it, it just, I had to find the right person to start a family with. And she looked at me and she was like, I want to start a family too. 
And yes. we were like, okay. How did you guys meet? Indy 500. I remember this. <laughs> you were dressing your <laughs> uh, Speedo or whatever or yeah. something like that? Yeah. I had been, I just, I was going through divorce for like two years and it was terrible, man. I, I went out there and started playing the field again and I got burned and I was like, ugh. I was going to work on myself. I'm going to sober up. So I didn't drink for three months and I read a bunch of books and was working out all the time. And you were Jack, bro. And then, the, and then I went down to Indy 500 and, uh, I was like, all right, I'm gonna let go this weekend. This is the one weekend I can, I can let go and I'll be damned. And, and that's when we, uh, we, we kissed, we made out for the first time and the, the fireworks went off and I can only hope for the same thing for you. I mean, it was like explosions all over the place. It, you know, one of those feelings when you, kiss somebody and you just know I was like oh this is gonna be this is gonna be fun maybe you do need a spouse maybe motivational Mark texted me the other day he's like yeah I think you're right he probably does need like a tough woman I think you're gonna need somebody like your mom yeah is there a boss yeah well you somebody with structure yeah listen Sarah's that for me man no no I'm not knocking it I'm saying that's it hey I'm telling you that's uh, you need the yin for yang because I'm one of the people that I'll let everybody in. I need somebody that goes, no, uh-uh. why are you letting that person into your life? You know, and she kind of, she's the gatekeeper for people, for me. And you need that too, I think. Somebody keeps you focused, it kicks your ass and makes you do the right things. Like a Tony, only with tits. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just think. I think, a vagina. <laughs> I think. I think you do need something, man. Because like I said. I'm not trying to knock you, but I don't think you're a self-starter on a lot of shit. Yeah. It's okay, though. That's fine. You know what? We all have character flaws, dude. I have a shit ton of them. I mean, I could go on for weeks about all the things that's wrong with me, but we all have something that's wrong with us. It's fine. That's not, It's not like a bad thing. It's not like you're yeah. an asshole. Because <clears throat> I've been working on like empathy, man. Like Sometimes I'll think a certain way, and I should just assume somebody should think the same way I do. Mm-hmm. And it's not the case. Yeah. You know? I think I need to be more emotionally available. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. One of our friends, um, friends said that. Emotional our, intelligence. They uh, said you lacked emotional intelligence. Whatever. Same thing. No, it's not the same thing. Close enough. You seem to find yourself a good woman. Sure, the purple crayon. And then maybe, <laughs> maybe if you had emotional intelligence and you're self-aware, you wouldn't send your coworkers porno pictures. It wasn't a porno, fu- no. guys. It wasn't a porno picture. It was a picture of my purple was it crayon. A girl you were with? No, it wasn't a nude or anything. But was it a girl you were with? It was a bunch of girls in a photo, and they were like All pretending the thoughts and prayers. Yeah, they were so, that, that's what it was. It was just a meme someone created. Maybe he's Christian. Maybe that offended him because he's Christian. Or maybe or, or he just. Not a fucking never mind, dude. You're see? you are the meme lord, but see, like just because you think it's funny doesn't mean somebody else is going to think it's funny. Mm-hmm. But and you're at work, it's on our personal phones. It's insensitive. Is it still a coworker? Yeah, yeah. But one of the coworkers thought it was great. That doesn't mean anything. That's what I'm saying. You're thinking your way of thinking is right, and you're dismissing what I'm saying, and you're dismissing this person's feelings. I only offended half of the people I sent it to. Yeah, that is true. Okay, I got good noted. I have never, I haven't said anything back like that to him. I mean, I texted. But him. you're like, oh, that guy's a bitch. I have texted. <laughs> I've definitely. Texted hey, to be him. fair, if a meme tears you apart, you probably are. I a mean, bitch. maybe he, the guy's religious because it's kind of like mocking. No, no, I I know him. I know his. I know. I mean, and I know who he's not religious at all. Maybe his girlfriend or somebody who's going to see the fucking phone. So that's what. That's so. That's what the other guy texted me because man. 
I think my girl might be going through his phone and shit and he might see that. And I'm like, oh, okay. That's why he got offended. Okay. He's like, but I love it. Keep on sending me shit like that. But like I'm saying, like, some, there's certain things you can do in just everyday life, but in work, yeah, there's HR people. Yeah. Man, remember you call that little baby? Hey, baby, or whatever you said. Your other oh, place? yeah. At a, a Miller Coors, I said, uh, be careful, man. So the office lady, me and her are a really good relationship, right? Great friends and stuff. I'm like, hey, baby. When I finally walked into the office one day and uh, the owner is like, you can't say that. He's just looking around. He's like, so after we got done talking, he's like, hey, can I talk to you for a second? I'm like, yeah, what's up? And he was like, so have a seat. I was like, okay. And he's like, how, how's everything going? I was like, you know, she's giving me small talk, right? Uh-huh. Everything's going good, man. I think I'm killing it out there. Fucking Budweiser up, you know, blah, 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 blah. And then uh, he's like, oh, yeah, uh, go ahead and close that door really quick. I'm like, all right. He's like, if I ever hear you say, hey, baby or baby to any female that works here ever again, yeah. you're going to have to let you go, mm-hmm. no matter how good you are. Yeah. I was like, what do you mean? He's like, that's technically considered sexual harassment. Yeah. I was like, shit, I, I honestly, man, I did not know. You have to be careful. Man. He was like, he's like, no, I know you didn't know. That's what I'm. T- that's what I'm being cool about it. Yeah. But like, because you know, we know you. You know. And I was like, because she could go and sue the company, especially what, if he heard it. Well, that's what he. That's yeah. what he was saying. He's like, you know, she if she wanted to, she could go sue me and you. Yeah. And I mean, me and company, you and the company. Obviously, we'd have to pay it. But I was like, yeah, well, oh, they settle out. I was like, well, she's not like that. He's like, no, I understand. I was, I know you don't understand. That's what I'm explaining to you. Yeah. And I was like, oh no, I'll never say it again. No, no problem. He's like, okay, cool. I was like, let's never talk about it again. Then I was like, all right. But hey, you baby. Should, you should just, you should just <laughs> listen to what people say instead of rebutting. <laughs> no, no. I honestly didn't know it was bad. I, you know, I, I wasn't like bullshitting I, when I said that. I didn't know. You should have said, I'm from South America, Africa. <laughs> <laughs> Me not speak English. Yeah. But, you know, you, you know and, he, and, he, and he knew I didn't mean anything by it. That's why I think he just kind of got swept under the rug. Yeah. But I think that you've got to wait, like, after the game that day. I think you've you've gotten away with a lot of shit for a long time. And I think either it's going to be something traumatic is going to happen to you or somebody's going to punch your card eventually. But there's going to be a reckoning day where the shit you've gotten away with is not going to fly with somebody. Yeah. Well, even all the memes, like I like I love your memes. Don't get me wrong. What's wrong with the memes? I love your memes. Do I post offensive memes? But no, I mean, but some people might be offended by those. And like, you don't know, like, especially, man, it's weird, too. Well, the thing with social media is I've been told before I even start working, don't post drug posts. Or don't drug don't don't post anything with cocaine in it. Yeah, was the first thing he told me when I started working before I even got before I even signed the paperwork. He said, "I don't care what you post. I just don't want to see cocaine posts." Yeah, because everything on my feed was nothing but cocaine posts and memes and whatever. Right? They were like, kind of funny. But. And I was like, "Yeah, they're, I mean, they're funny. They're great because everyone, you know, y'all know me. Like, you know, but there's but other that's who you say you don't want to be associated with either. Right? So, but then like he was like, "Just don't do that." And I've never done it since yeah. then. I I fucked up a couple of weeks ago and didn't realize what the meme actually was about until I saw it again. So I deleted it. But you know, I respected what he said. You know, I haven't done it since. Yeah. I don't know. Hopefully, this time next year we're not having the same conversation. Well, and hopefully, the I don't know the politically correct charge climate that we're living in. That's kind of why I wanted to get out of radio too. You just couldn't say anything without offending anybody anymore. And you couldn't, you make fun of anybody. Like if I brought out an adult Trump impersonator, Oh yeah. People would get pissed off. I'm like, man, I'm just having fun with it. Like, it's not like I'm attacking Trump. I voted for Trump. Yeah. Well, you know, there's like stuff on my Facebook memories that I don't share because it, 
I probably get torn apart right now uh-huh. for it, you know? And I'll just, instead of sharing it, or I just read it and I delete it from my uh, memories feed, you know? It deletes it off Facebook. Oh, well, it's on their server still, don't get me wrong, but I'll never see it again. But, like, it's like, damn, okay. But I don't know. Just do your best. Yes, That's sir. all you can do. I have faith in you. Close it out. Close it out. Close us out, John. What do you want me to oh, close out? Oh, where can everybody find you at first? Oh, yeah. Sorry. Oh, you can find me at the bar getting drunk. <laughs> Platinum <laughs> Plus. Not anymore. Yeah. <laughs> Not anymore. Two for one specials, ladies and gentlemen. Two for one specials. We got Peach's stage satellite, too. I always wanted to be a Platinum Plus DJ. And what are you? In- <laughs> yeah, peaches. I always wanted to talk like this, like Jacob Flowers. <laughs> yeah. Everybody. That guy wanted to be a weather guy. I am the voice of God. Uh, you can find me on Instagram at, uh, at John Ruby Red Media. You can find my company at rubyredmedia.com. Uh, you can find my uh, radio station page, like E thingy, at John Twitch Arroyo. And you can find me on TikTok at Yo Video Bro. I like that name, Yo Video Bro. Yo Video Bro! You just created that one, right? Yeah, not too long ago. Okay. Well, I went viral. Like, when I first got on TikTok, uh, I had a a picture uh, or a video of my youngest child, because I was was listening to Gary Vee. He's like, you got to get on TikTok. I'm like, okay, I'll try it. Got on TikTok, and it was when she was born, and we were in the hospital, and I took the bottle out of her mouth, and she goes, oh, 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 you know how little babies go, oh, oh, oh. I got the, the, oh, 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 oh. (laughs) Dude, a million freaking people saw that video. So Poppy, my youngest, is uh, famous before she was even out of the hospital. That's awesome. There's one video that Sarah made of you. And her on her TikTok, and didn't get like a million. Yeah, she, she did pretty good. Who that my baby daddy? Yeah, who that baby, baby daddy? daddy? And you like bringing in diapers or something? Dude, and threw down the pampers as soon as I walked yeah. through the door. Yeah, it's crazy, man. It's a wild, wild west with this uh, with the social media stuff. It's you interesting. Should, good time to be alive. Go be an apprentice, man. Learn some shit from. I will. I don't know if he's got the work ethic. <laughs> Get that waitress at La Hacienda. Sorry, dude. You got him, Tony. <laughs> He's gonna be with you for the rest of his life. Oh God! <laughs> Don't curse me like that. Please. Hey, he's your responsibility, bro. All right, close us out. Close you out. You're the radio guy. Everybody, thank you for joining us today. We appreciate it. Not please, like a, not like no. Please, I don't know what you're trying please to Please join us next week when we have our guest. Who's our guest next week? When we have our guests, I don't know. Uh, Raul is the executive producer of the show. I thank Danny Martin uh, for being the sound guy. And everybody, have a great afternoon. We appreciate you spending time with us today. Is that good? That's great. I love it. All right. Love you guys. Appreciate it, man. Love you. Love you.